previously on Elite Week. There are those that believe life here began out there. I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Well, my days are not taking you seriously are certainly coming to a middle. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. At least we'll both be known And she'll always get the best of me The worst is yet to come This I know Yeah, this I know She told me don't worry about it She told me don't go around Breaking young girls' hearts People always told me Be careful cause She told me you'll never be alone Welcome to Elite Week. God damn, episode 51 with Commander Bays. This is Galactic Water Cooler. It's Friday, November 27, 2020, and I am your host, Kai Zen, and it's time to party. I hope you guys are having a happy Thanksgiving weekend, because, uh, yeah, this is going to be some good shit. With me, as always, my co-pilot, my executive officer, my number one Canadian, and the birthday boy himself, Commander Roy Cookson, say hello, Roy. Happy weekend, everyone. Glad you're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big 50, huh, Roy? Yeah. Yeah. Made That's it. good That's shit. Yeah. That's good oh, shit. 
He's got a beer and an apple pie with him, and I am jealous. <laughs> All right. Also with me, we have my uh, tech officer. We'll call him the science officer, Commander Arson Cross from CSEC. Say hello, Arson. Good evening, everyone. What I'm drinking tonight doesn't pop. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a little creepy. All right. We have Commander Tweet 74 from OPIX. My main man, the tactical officer, out there getting it done. Say hello, Tweet. Happy Friday night or Saturday morning to everybody out there. I would uh, pop open my can, but apparently there's an aluminum shortage in the world and we can't find any around here. Okay, right on. Well, hopefully you got a bottle, something. All right, and our special guest tonight, Commander Bays. Say hello, Commander. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Um, I'm drinking a refreshing water. It's very strong. Hey, man. It's all good. Whatever you're drinking, so long as you got a smile on your face and you've, you're flying spaceships, life is good. All right. So let's get this kicked off. The cover art for tonight's show was That's My Princess. That's what I named it by Commander Fosdyke. Obviously, we have Commander Fosdyke. Uh, it's at Commander under, or CMDR underscore Fosdyke, F-O-S-D-Y-K-E. Go check him out on Twitter. Phenomenal work. The intro song was The Weeknd plus Michael Jackson plus JT Mashup by Popple Moose. And the closing song is going to be a Roxanne cover by the Scary Pockets featuring Kenton Chen. The links to all of their stuff is in the show notes. So go check them out and support them. All right, let's get this podcast intro started. The Pulse Wave Analyzer update. As of today, this issue has been occurring and breaking the gameplay loop for 82 days. It was broken in the patch on September the 7th. This needs to be addressed. So we're going to keep introing the show every week with this information until it is. Happy Thanksgiving to one and all and happy birthday to Roy. On this week in space history, let's start off with Saturday, November 21st. On this day in 1676, Danish astronomer Ole Roemer accidentally discovered the speed of light. He did this as the result of his attempt to create a consistent clock using as its basis the period of eclipse of Io behind Jupiter, roughly every 48 hours. He gathered this data for many years and found that there was a 22-minute discrepancy in the event uh, with the event, which would happen 11 minutes early at Jupiter's farther, or excuse me, closest distance, 11 minutes late at the farthest distance, and as it was in the time of year where it was in the medium, it would it would be right in the medium time. So at the central in interval, as at medium, oh, you know what I've I've explained this as as well as a jarhead can. Uh, up to this point, scientists and mathematicians had generally believed that the speed of light was instantaneously infinite. He used the formula to predict the exact moment of Io's reemergence from the eclipse with Jupiter on November 9th, 1676, and he proceeded to present his findings to the to and publish with the Royal Academy of Sciences, uh, presenting his theory with a finite speed of light must exist to justify those findings. Good shit. November 24th, on this day in 1947, the United States Navy launched the first Arrow B sounding rocket. This was a sub-orbital sub sounding rocket designed to study the Earth's atmosphere. 
After World War II, U.S. started using German V-2 rockets that we confiscated. And uh, then they ran out and started incorporating the better design from the V-2 along with other developments as they had been using them to produce even superior rockets. Over a thousand Aerobee rockets were launched since, uh, since then, and the last one being in 1985. On November 25th on this day in 1970, NASA launched the experimental aircraft Northrop M2-F3 on its first powered flight. The craft was a heavy, heavyweight lifting body. That means that it's an aircraft that produces its lift through the central body of the craft as opposed to the wings, like the space shuttle. Test pilot Bill Dana took the craft on a six-minute-long flight, reaching over 45,000 feet that day. The craft went on to fly test missions for three years and exceeded speeds of Mach 1.6 and an altitude of 71,500 feet. It can now be found in the Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. November 22nd, or excuse me, 26th on this date in 2011, NASA's Curiosity rover was launched to Mars upon an Atlas V rocket from Cape Canaveral Air Force Base. Curiosity was the biggest and most powerful rover ever sent to Mars at the time. The two-ton science lab is about the size of a small SUV. The primary mission goal was to search for signs of life, uh, or at least signs that life uh, on Mars could have been previously possible. It took eight and a half months for Curiosity to get to Mars, where it made a safe and technically challenging landing on, on Mars using a sky crane method to gently lower the rover onto the Martian surface. Within weeks, Curiosity successfully reached its mission objective by finding evidence of ancient running water on the Martian surface, and it continued in service, and much later, it found organic molecules on Mars. And as we know, Perseverance is on its way now to Jezero Crater to follow up on that work and should be landing on February 18th. On November 27th, actually today, on this day in 1885, the Austro-Hungarian astronomer named, ooh, here we go, Ladislaus Vinek captured the first known photograph of a meteor. He captured the tail of the meteor on a photographic plate from the Prague Observatory in the Czech Republic. All right, what else do we have? Congrats to Elite subreddit for hitting over a quarter of a million users. We've got information on that. And uh, this week, we've got you covered with all the news from around the Elite Dangerous Galaxy, including the first community manager AMA on Wednesday, the highest player count week in Elite history, tons of free sales, a chance to win all kinds of free shit from an X-52 HOTUS, free Odyssey, purchases on launch, free voice packs, you can name a ship for Obsidian Ant, free paint jobs, an elite-themed swag bag, or even be a goat, a guest host. Be a ghost. Yeah, sure. Why not? Be a guest host on this very show. Also, we've got information about a French satellite that was lost on its mission to study elves and sprites. I'm not kidding. That shit is, that is 100% the truth. You're going to find out about that. So all this and more, stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. 
If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right, let's get to it. Right off the bat, let's start off with our guest interview, Commander Bays. Now, I'm going to have all of his information in the show notes, so his Twitch his Discord, his Twitter, all of that. Go check him out. This guy is an awesome streamer that streams Elite Dangerous and other games and uh, like has some some really cool, a very cool perspective. Commander Baze, you you tend to focus a lot on sort of the combat and, and PvP and, and, and a lot of that stuff, yeah? Yeah, well, like when I started with Elite, uh, you know, I started it because of the combat. It looked like really mm-hmm. fun just to fly a spaceship and shoot things, right? <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah. Started, so how long, uh, how long have yeah. you been playing? Tell us tell us your story. Uh, I've been playing since just after Horizons came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little over 3,000 hours in the game now, so it, it definitely took. <laughs> right on. Beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your, you know, what days you stream, what 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 types of stuff you normally stream. Like, you know, on Wednesdays I do this, on Thursdays I do that, whatever, and right. uh, and some of the some of the events that you do in Elite. Uh, so I stream pretty much every day except for Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, weekdays are a little later. I'm on uh, the West Coast, so <laughs> uh, you know, after work streams. But on on uh, weekends, it's typically uh, two p.m pacific time uh whatever that is in your time zone and uh i do a few different things uh, i play a lot of star wars squadrons actually recently i'm, I'm really a fan right of it <laughs> right on um but elite is definitely my main game um play it play it quite a bit uh and that typically takes place on on weekends friday saturdays sundays fantastic and the event that you do you do an event where people bring slfs and you have like a yeah. sort of slf derby tournament something thing tell us a little bit about your fighter frenzy yeah so fighter frenzy um is is pretty interesting it kind of came up as a concept because of well actually because of star wars battlefront 2 they had a starfighter assault and i, mm-hmm. I like the the idea of like going out in fighters and trying to take down this big mothership you know or do an objective based uh essentially like taking cqc and giving it objectives 
Um, so what we did is we came up with builds for all of the large ships in the games. And this is like Cutter, Corvette, uh, Beluga, Type 10. Uh, yeah, Beluga's in there too. <laughs> uh, and and we, we came up with like set builds for those. And those are the motherships. And then a wing of, you know, people show up with uh, size six fighter hanger uh, and launch out and use the fighters essentially as as like a head-to-head PvP match to try and take down the other team's mothership. Um, and it's really fun. Like it's it's a low bar of entry for PvP. Uh, I've seen people who just picked up the game jump into it and, uh, you know, really do well. Um, and plus there's no, you know, engineering offset, so you don't necessarily need all the engineers unlocked and everything else. You just got to get chip launch fighters. I really, really dig it along the lines of you know, um, the, just from the aspect of, okay, you can have a, it's it's basically free. I mean, okay, your SLF gets blown up. You you lost whatever ten thousand credits or what? Like it's it's free. It, like you said, there's a there's a a, a sort of um, an even playing field of it's not like oh I'm in my fully kitted out FDL versus you're whatever because you're new, and you get to sort of play out these sort of larger battles, Star Wars Squadron style or whatever, where it's like, yeah, there's eight of us and we're trying to take out this thing. And then th- that guy's got a wing of three or four that he's, you know, that are protecting him or whatever. And you get to do this reminds me of sort of like those scenarios that you would see in the old gladiator games or whatever, where they would reenact certain battles or whatever. And it was like mm-hmm. it was it wasn't one guy versus another guy. It was these weird pitched battles of like objectives and all kinds of stuff that sounds cool as shit man where when uh when is the next one going to be happening that we can get in on uh so it, it's not really on a set schedule but we're actually i'm looking to do another one either uh next week or the week after and that all that information is typically on my discord and uh i kind of put it out there uh, here and there um it's definitely better when you know there's more people involved and it scales pretty well too beautiful Tweaked, I know you had a question on that. Yeah, yeah, I was just wondering that. I love the idea. It sounds like a ton of fun. I know I play on console. I play on Xbox. And typically, in well, in regular PvP, it's frowned upon. But the main mm-hmm. reason for that is the SLFs tend to cause a lot of gameplay lag. Does, does that not happen on the PC? Well, the gameplay lag actually comes from the NPC pilots. Uh, and we don't bring NPC pilots in. The, the commanders actually jump into their ship launch fighters. They turn off the engines on their on their main ship and they just launch the fighter out of it. So if you turn off the engines on your main ship and you're, you know, parked a good sort of chunk away and you don't have an NPC on the ship that, that totally negates that. And you get to just play around and blow shit up for free. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. We haven't run into any issues with uh, fighter lag or anything like that. And it seems to really only stem from the NPCs. (laughs) And is this a at this point at least PC only event? Do you have any plans to expand it into Xbox or PlayStation or anything well, like a- that? Actually, uh, the so I have the builds just available right for the mothership. So who are the only people that really risk a rebuy? And sure. I I know of at least one person, one one viewer from my stream who's on PlayStation who actually held this event on their own with their friends so that was pretty cool too and it's like i'm not I'm, it's not it's my baby but you guys can have it <laughs> like anybody could could do this even without me 
We could do a we could do a uh, elite week event where we get a bunch of the guys from Black Sky Legion and some rabbit hamsters and a bunch of just people that listen to the show. Guys, we'll invite the Burp Pit over. We'll invite the Lave Boys, and we'll all just blow shit up for funsies. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds fun. Right on, man. Well, you need to definitely let us know whenever one of these events come up, if you're going to like say, oh, we're going to do one in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Let us know when you're doing them, because we will absolutely hype the shit out of it and see if we can get, you know, if we get a a bunch of our people to show up and then your people. And I can talk to the guys at Lave and talk to the guys at Guard Frequency and talk to the Burr Pit and talk to several other groups. And if we get, you know a lot of different player groups to show up maybe we can start this into a fairly regular thing or something even if it hops around you know yeah yeah um one thing that i've always wanted from it actually is uh 1v1v1 so rather than just the two motherships have three teams going at each other but you know instancing and and all that that would be awesome yeah cutthroat you're 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 three separate teams in a not yeah, not mirrored warfare type situation there. That'd be awesome. Right on. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about stuff that you do with regard to your streams for Elite and, and uh, like I said, even Star Wars Squadrons or, or Star Citizen, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I could also talk about uh, a semi-regular event on my stream called mm-hmm. uh, F with Bays. <laughs> okay. Uh so I found uh, a bot that allowed me to give chat commands to control my ship, <laughs> 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 which on paper sounds like a really bad idea, but in in practice is a, a terrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds uh, it. But it's it's that's really fun too. Uh, I know there's been some competition for like trying to get kills and <laughs> there's been a couple kill steals <laughs> and, uh, and some bad blood a little bit, but it's, I, I, it's pretty fun. I would think pretty much anytime you're coming in to land on a planet, all you have to do is, uh, you know, give the command to uh, reboot, repair the ship and then just watch as it plummets right into the ground. That actually did happen. <laughs> that and, was like, Yeah. <laughs> and with shields off, it's pretty much straight to the black. You're, oh, you're yeah. right to a rebuy screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that sounds interesting, man. Right on. So you said now you, you do pretty much every day starting at 2 p.m. Pacific time, which is what? 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Which would be uh, 9 so. p.m. 9 p.m. UTC. Oh, so it's uh, 2 p.m. Pacific on weekends, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, okay. And then... Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are. Uh, I start at six because work and life. Yeah. So, what time is that UTC for those? Oh, that's a good question. Somebody, okay. somebody know off the top of their head. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll check that out. But for sure, um, yeah, for sure, everybody, check out Commander Base. Check out his Twitch stream. It will be in the uh, show notes, but I want to call it out live on on air. It's uh, twitch.tv forward slash cmdr underscore b-a-i-z-e. No spaces or anything, just that one underscore. And check out his Discord, which is discord.gg forward slash f8u-r-s-j-d. No spaces. Again, all of that is in the show notes. Go check it out and check him out. 
He's an awesome guy. Baze, why don't you come with us on our tour through the galaxy while we have a few drinks and see what comes up. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Arson, next segment. It's the Dark Will Update. Very mysterious. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. All right. <clears throat> the Dark Wheel update. Well, let's start right off the bat with we're in expansion out of Prilax system, and we should land on December 3rd, plus or minus one day. We'll see, you know, how that goes. We won the war, and we're number two in Ark and are now climbing. We won our war and are number two in Lave and are now climbing. Uh, our next expansion after this December 3rd, plus or minus a day uh, happens. And then there's the, what, one or two days. It depends. It's, it's, I think what the PGS is iffy right now, but one or two days till the cooldown happens, drops, and then you're able to expand again. We will immediately be expanding again from LHS 397. Um, and we will be on that one. We will be looking to land at the test site for Seoul. So we're going to give that a go. Uh, and, and, you know, get that going. In the meantime, I want to sort of do a special Thanksgiving shout out. I'm going to make it very, very brief this time. Uh, but next week, we're going to have an in-depth with stories and stuff on the Rabbit Hamster Assault Force and the Black Sky Legion. But as a Thanksgiving thing, I want to give thanks for from the BGS Planning Committee, Micah Maverick and Crypto from the all of the members of the Rampant Hamster Assault Force that are out there, they are grinding it out and doing stuff to make sure that we land where we want to on our expansions. All of the members of the Black Sky Legion were out there grinding out and getting it done, especially Wolf Dragon, who is basically the guy, I, like I run the Black Sky Legion, but I'm so busy with the show and with work and with other stuff. And... Basically, my running the Black Sky Legion means I take a little bit of time to figure out what we're going to do. And then I hand it all over to him and say, OK, now make that happen. And then he goes out and actually does all the fucking work and, and gets together with the people. So huge, huge salutes to everyone. All right. Next up, Roy, why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about some HCS? Yeah, quick heads up for those of you that use uh, HCS voice packs. Uh, following up on last week's free Kate voice pack, they've got a Black Friday sale this week where many of the packs are up to 50% off, and that ends on Monday. So you'll want to act quickly. Right on. Arson, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Elite Dangerous Ship an an Anatomy? Absolutely. It is a wonderful tool for theory crafters. Uh, the link is a little bit confusing. It's a.teall.info forward slash edsa. And, and that's what, in the show notes. Yes, it is in the show notes. And it's really unique in it serves a planning purpose similar to what you might expect from Coriolis or ED Shipyard, except it's not about outfitting your ship. It's about displaying your ship and seeing where its components are placed from hard points, uh, thrusters, 
utility mounts, all of that good stuff. It shows it right in the interface. You can hover over it and it highlights it on the ship and it supports every ship in the game. I highly recommend checking it out because if you're planning your weapons loadout, it can tell you everything from the spread of your hard points, various ranges, uh, to where they're going to be laid out. It's pretty awesome. Good stuff. All right, Tweet. Just tell us a little bit about Op Ida. Yeah, Operation Ida. We all know and love these guys. Well, yesterday, they welcomed back ex esteemed Commander Astro Snufkin. Love that name. He came back <laughs> to the bubble. He had a uh, pretty interesting little uh, goal in mind. He set off on a mission to trace, trace excuse me, the Operation Ida logo upon the galaxy. A few stats here, 31,081 jumps. That's 31,000 jumps across the galaxy. That's insane. 924,576.24 light years. No docking, no repairs, no fuel rats or hull seal emergency calls. He uh, FSD injected 312, 128 basic, 81 standard, 103 premium. No neutron supercharging. At the bottom point of his logo is in the Pallades sector, HR-WD1-41, and then it was centered vertically at SAG A. He undocked from SAG, or from SAG A, yeah, from uh, Operation Ida's home in Malthus Terminal on the 6th of April in 3306, and he came back home on the 18th of November. So that's a, a pretty hefty little jaunt that he did oh and the best part of it he did it in a sidewinder with like 31 light year jump range <laughs> props to this dude man <laughs> absolutely crazy for those of you watching live uh or watching later on on the youtube or twitch you can see the video of the plotting through the galaxy map as it's going through um this is amazing operation ida are known as the guys that their their slogan is we move mountains well, this guy moved mountains and a sidewinder all across the galaxy. Arson, hop in on this. Yeah, I just want to call out the logistics planning and the tech behind this, because you don't just have to go out there and fly it. You've got to map your course. And just the sheer amount of calculations and, and planning your turns and all that good stuff, and then making sure you can get there, that's just phenomenal. Uh, should be really proud of this work. It's great. Right on, for sure. Good stuff. All right, so moving on to the next thing here. Everybody and their brother was putting out their newbie special videos this week. Every last person had their, you know, hey, you're brand new to Elite, so we're going to put it on here. And I got to tell you, man, I, for me, for my money, I think the vast majority of the people out there, it's like if they're brand new to Elite, they're see this you're putting out these videos and all of your sort of all of us old timers are watching them and watching them and watching them and but i mean hey whatever everybody's got to do their thing i'm gonna skip 99 percent of these videos i'm gonna just call out two the first one obsidian ant things every new player should know and the reason why i'm calling this one out is because a, it was well made and b he called us out he literally had a subject of podcast and he was like Here's some podcasts you should check out. Lave Radio, Guard Frequency, and Elite Week. And I was like, holy shit. Thanks, Ant. Right on. 
The next one I want to call out is Galnet Noob Special. And this one is because my man Watherspoon did what nobody else does, which is know that all the new people aren't going to be watching this. And so he made one for us old timers and it's fucking hilarious. It's literally like 13 minutes long of absolute dog shit misinformation that is the highest level of comedy. It's fucking brilliant. Everybody that's watching this, if you have not seen the Galnet Noob Digest hints and trips for tips for new commanders, go watch it and giggle your ass off as you fly around. It is good shit. Next up. Oh, Commander Bays, hop in on this. Yeah, I just I love that idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the idea of like taking taking this uh what has quickly become like a stereotypical elite YouTube video and and kind of throwing it out the window and and making something hilarious that he, he obviously knew the audience that's just really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't mean in any way to shit on all those people that are making guides and videos and all of their whatever. It's just I've seen such a massive proliferation of them this week, and I'm thinking to myself, who's watching this? All of us old farts. Like, the new guys don't know. Exactly. But it's, yeah, it's funny. It's good stuff. All right. Go check that out. Links to both those videos are in the show notes. Next up, we've got the Elite subreddit. Hits 250,000 members. A quarter of a million members. And they're going to celebrate in style with a massive giveaway so check this out we've got the link in the show notes where you go to register for this you can win a logitech x52 hodas you can win two different prizes of elite dangerous odyssey on steam when it launches you can win eight different prizes on hp hcs voice pack codes and discounts and all kinds of stuff there's name, you can name, the one lucky winner is going to get to name Obsidian Ant's ship. You name one of his ships, he puts it in videos, and we'll call it out like, hey, this ship, the, you know, whatever, Big Ball Terminator, is uh, comes to us courtesy of Commander blah, blah, blah. That's kind of cool. Uh, some winner is going to get to be a guest on this very show, Elite Week. Another winner is going to get to be a guest on Lave Radio. Another one on Hutton Orbital for their podcast. Another one on Guard Frequency. Um, we've got one winner is going to win an Elite Dangerous goodie bag, including Elite Dangerous t-shirts, earbuds. Let me tell you something. These earbuds are legit. They're really good earbuds, and they have the little Elite Dangerous Odyssey logo on them. They're good stuff. And all kinds of other similar merch in, these, in this goodie bag. Twelve winners are going to win an Elite Dangerous uh, pack of some kind. So like the Adventure Pack, the Assassin Pack, the Entrepreneur Pack, the Expedition Pack, the Explosive or Gravity Packs. So like they have decals, uh, what do you call it? Uh, paint jobs, stuff like that. And here's how you enter. So you go, this week's CGs are going to be the Empire and Federation Capital Ship CGs. They have a contribution target. Commodities are set at 40 million and bounties are set at 40 what the hell bounties are set at 40 billion is that right okay that's what arson put in there so at 7 30 p.m utc um they had reached 
And then we've got numbers here respectively for the combined contribution of 3 billion, 598 million, 353,663. So the way that you enter is you guess what you think the combined contribution for all will be at 6 p.m. UTC on November 30th. So for example, you know, I think it's going to be 14 billion, 393 million, whatever. The price is right, rules apply. So the closest guess without going over wins. Uh, and you need to include in your comment your prize ranking preference for, you know, which prize. So basically it's going to be whoever's the closest wins first, whoever's the next closest wins second, then third, then fourth, then fifth. And then if you're first, you put in, I want these prizes in this order. And, you know, what to whatever level you win, whichever ones are left when it gets around to your level, that's what you get. So good luck, everybody. The link is in the show notes. Go get a free X-52. Go get free all kinds of other stuff. That's some good shit. All right. Arson, how about you tell us a little bit about that Distant Worlds 3 update? Absolutely. So there was a forum post uh, dropped uh, just this past week or so ago uh, announcing that Distance Wor Distant Worlds 3 for Odyssey is in the planning stage. They're not set on times yet, but what they are doing is figuring out what's going on, paying attention to the dev diaries, and uh, talking to Frontier and letting them know what they would like to see. And this is something that's really important. The first two were record-breaking, newsworthy expeditions. The first one was great. The second one was even better. And if you want to explore, but you need that social interaction, pay attention to Distant Worlds 3 when it comes out and its dates are announced. So it'll probably be sometime after Odyssey uh, release date is known and we have an idea of what's going on uh, with the feature set. But... This is the kind of expedition that people are going to be out for greater than a month of time with everybody running together. And it is something that you definitely, definitely want to check out if you're an explorer that's into the social aspect. Beautiful. So looking into this, we've got the, the forum note in the Discord, in the show notes, rather. Go take a look at that. I, I read this, the forum thread, and honestly, it read a little bit to me almost like... They were saying, hey, Frontier, you want us to put on Distant Worlds 3? Here's what we want. Give us some stuff. And if you make it worth our while, we'll do it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, and I'm not saying that in a shitty way, like they're they're trying to hold a gun to them and say, give us free money or whatever. They're saying, like, give us features, give us things to make it meaningful to us to actually do this and we'll do it. We're going to hold back. We're not committing that we're going to do it. We're saying, well, we're going to look at what Odyssey has and if it makes it worthwhile, then we'll go do it. And if not, then maybe we'll do it at some point later. Base, why don't you tell me? You, I know you got an idea on this. Yeah, well, like on Distant Worlds 2, you know, they made that that whole interstellar initiative for mm -hmm. Distant Worlds. So I, I see if if they're reaching out to Frontier, they're they're definitely going to have some pull. Uh, oh, yeah. To, to getting some stuff moving. Uh, just because like that, that was a huge event. I mean, building a station, you know, Explorers Anchorage out there is just that that was massive <laughs> for absolutely for a player run event. So absolutely. Um, yeah, Roy, I heard you. Uh, I heard you have a little chuckle there. I know you got a thought on it. Tell us about it. 
Well, actually, not nothing funny. I was just uh, really intrigued by this because I've I've been on a number of smaller, uh, much smaller expeditions and one fairly large one. But mm -hmm. the thing that's always intrigued me about the distant worlds model is where everyone travels as a cohort, and there's support ships, and it's it's uh, it's just a really cohesive way of doing a uh, a big big journey like this. So that's I think for me a, a really unique draw of it. Now let's keep in mind that distance world two was supposed to have carriers. When they started planning it, they were promised they were going to have fleet carriers as a thing. Then that got pushed back, so they didn't have fleet carriers. They obviously will now, which will significantly color sort of the opportunities and things that they can do. Arson, you had a thought. Yeah, I was just going to say the whole seals were founded during Distant Worlds 2. Mm -hmm. Little mm -hmm. uh, tidbit, so... That's that's the kind of things that you can expect to see the foundation of player groups and it's just great. I, I went on Distant Worlds two and I, I think that it's well worth it. Let's let's not let's not lose sight of the fact too that Distant Worlds two that included a whole sort of appearance of Salome over at uh, Salome's Reach and saying like. Oh, you guys got to get back to the bubble. Shit's going down. And there was Thargoid stuff. And there was all kinds of like, there was a massive amount of, of sort of things involved that, that sort of rippled out and changed the, the face of the Elite Dangerous Galaxy as a whole. I'm excited for the possibility of this. I think, though, the way that, and, and everyone read that forum post for yourself. It's in the show notes. And tell me what you think, because I kind of think that they weren't saying we're doing it they were saying well think about it what are you what are you showing us what are, what are, they're they're saying literally as arson said in the description we're waiting to see what they announce and see if and when it's worth our while to do something so we'll see how it plays out arson go ahead and hit up the next segment for news beyond the game it's frontier news and for this one it's time to crack another. All right. Let's start right off the bat with patches, changes, maintenance, etc. Well, what do we have this week? We have the balance pass. The balance pass phase, I'm going to call it phase one of mining. Let's discuss this a little bit. Now, right off the bat, I want to bring in the fact that Down to Earth Astronomy, friend of the show, my main man in Copenhagen, put out a very cool stream where he dove into like what is going on with this mining balance pass and he did hours of mining live and kind of looked into the different like the, the the details of okay what are the credits being offered here what are credits being offered there discussed it then went out and did some real world testing to see like are drop rates changing what's this what's that kind of looked at it all from sort of every aspect and i think did a phenomenal job with regard to giving people an idea of you know where you should look at what's going on with the mining thing now you guys all know i said last week it kind of makes no sense to me to do a mining balance pass with the pulse wave analyzer broke because how the hell do you even try to quantify what the proper rates are for two of the three gameplay loops like but I mean, let's set that aside because there's no point in harping on that over and over and over. Setting that aside, if what we're looking at here is them attempting to gauge the laser mining sort of loop 
and try to see how they want to make changes with that as compared to um, combat, trade, mission running, exploration, whatever. I think it's it's it, there's some interesting things here. First off, we got concrete numbers at the very beginning of this of saying like, here it is. And we've lowered, you know, pay night now pays at a cap this amount. Uh, LTDs now pays at a cap this amount. And I think pay night is like 600,000 uh, LTDs are like 700,000 and, and void opals are like a 1.3. Again, pulse wave analyzer. Who the fuck knows what we're getting on 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 LTDs and 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 uh, void opals on an hourly rate based on like if the if the analyzer worked right, but um, you know, it, it, it's it's yeah, it, it's sort of a question. Several of the other commodities, though, were significantly significantly raised. And we have seen through the week prices on things tumble and 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 climb, and we we've seen a little bit of how it played out. I submit to you, we still need more data. We need more time. I think we need two, three weeks, maybe a month of watching these commodity prices rise and fall to to really get our heads around what we're dealing with here. But I'll tell you what I like. I like the fact that we are seeing some stuff that was always dog shit that was on the permanent ignore list. We're seeing some of those things come off that ignore list because it's like, holy shit, Benditoite, who knew? Muscovite, that's funny. It's interesting. I I like that from the aspect of, if you remember, I've been preaching for a while. We need to transition to a system where dynamic sort of gold rush to go after this thing today and then that thing tomorrow and you don't just mind the meta okay everybody minds one thing all day till your eyeballs bleed i'm digging the possibilities of the fact that we might for the first time have a real system where shit shifts back and forth where today you want a and tomorrow you want b and people have their little fishing holes for this thing and that thing and the other and it's really a gold rush not it's a gold rush to go get LTDs for the next year and a half, which is boring as fuck. So let's start with Arson. And I actually I got a list of people that want to get in. Go ahead, Arson. <laughs> so I, I just want to say on the waiting part, we definitely are going to need to wait at least a month from the time of changes to see what's going on. Probably more because a lot of the commodity prices with regards to minerals are going to be based off of multiple states being in effect when they hit in the background sim. And that doesn't just happen every single day. Uh, and the other thing is, I think uh, looking at the numbers, they are low, but it really, really brings up a point that now more than ever going to a has res instead of a normal belt spot. That's pretty important. Right on. Tweet, get in on this. Yeah, well, I was just going to agree with what you basically just said. In the old days when void opals were kings at 1.6 million a ton, that's all we did. We, we went for void opals and ignored absolutely everything else. And then LTDs, the same thing. Pay night, the same thing, and ignored everything else that was out there. What I'm seeing with the market as is since the, the, the change last week is 
collect everything now and and whether or not you can sell everything at one spot that's going to be the big question but still if you want to hop around a little bit you very well may be able to get a lot more money by just collecting everything that you find out there absolutely commander base yeah uh when the update came out a while back they were talking about uh like the supply and demand right which ended up Mm -hmm. being the bulk sale january Um, this this was what I thought it was going to be where, you know, we, we get certain commodities that are like, oh, hey, this commodity is selling for a lot over here. I'm going to go grab a bunch of that. And like, I, I loved that idea. I thought that that would actually bring me into mining. And I, I tried it out when that when the January update came out <laughs> and it just wasn't the, it wasn't the thing. But mm-hmm. uh, it seems like, yeah, now now we're pushing to that. And that's awesome. Yeah, we don't. Again, it's artificial yet. It's early days because we don't know if these these sort of rise and falling waves of commodity prices are such that this is a sign of them tweaking day by day. And after the end of a week, they're going to stop tweaking and okay, this is what it is. Or what I suspect it might be, which is that they went with the system that several people, including myself, have been advocating for, which is make a dynamic system that runs on the BGS that looks to say, hey, man, Everybody and their cousin brought painite today. Painite prices are going to drop. Hey, man, nobody brought muscovite. Muscovite prices are going to go up. That's awesome. Roy, get in on this. Yeah, I, w- I would just uh, thread on what you and Baze were just discussing there, which is like what's going to keep this going and how quickly are things going to be dynamic? Um, I-, I would say, too, that you know the mechanics that I've been looking forward to that up till now weren't really as practical were things like you know, using the fleet carrier to hold inventories of different minerals and playing the markets that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have some buffer between where you want to mine and when you want to sell, and and it makes sense to collect more than two or three things. And even something small like now there's a reason to have a larger refinery if, if this works. You know, yeah, other than just true. having the six tons in your hopper, you, you know, if you want to actually be actively mining multiple things because it makes economic sense, well, you're going to need the slots in the refinery to do that efficiently. A hundred percent. That's a very good point. All right. So this is phase one, week one of the balance pass. And I am not entirely sure if what we're going to see now is it could be one of those. So you know how they have that song, you know, where you go, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. And then somebody else goes, row, row, row your boat. And then you have like wave after wave of like, you're all going at the same time, but there's three or four rounds going that are sort of slightly offset by by a time interval. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, and I don't think anyone is yet, if Frontier's plan is to do the row, row, row your boat, where this week is week one of mining changes. They've already stead, stated publicly that next week they're going to start on combat changes. I'm curious, Is does that mean that mining changes are done and whatever system they have in place as of today is sort of locked and it might be dynamically changing based on if if it's what i hope it is based on the bgs and based on the levels of people coming in but it is not being tweaked more in which case it's dynamic but it's dynamic sort of on a on a locked formula i'm not sure if that's the case and they're done with that and next week combat starts or if they're doing the row 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 your boat and next week is week 
you know, Monday starts week one of combat, week two of mining, and this is a whole dynamic thing that's going to go for a while. Or if maybe they plan on doing week one combat or week one mining, week two combat, maybe week three missions, week four mining, week five missions, week six combat. Like, I don't know. And I'm very, very interested to see how that plays out. And, and publicly, no one knows yet. It's not stated. But it's very interesting, uh, and and uh, I'm 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 excited to see where it's going, and I like the concept of trying to bring balance in where it's been much needed and, and asked for for a long time. Tweaked. Yeah, I think it was stated actually. They said that this was not going to be just a one adjustment and then leave it be. They said they were going to keep monitoring and, and and adjusting it as need be as time goes on. So I think sure. they're going to tap into mining, and then next week combat and they're going to see how everything rolls out and they're going to keep on balancing it around to, to get it right i think so I mean, this is going to be a long-term fix for them oh yeah i mean for sure yes that was stated but again we don't know what, what i'm saying we don't know is if it's going to be the row 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 your boat or if it's going to be week one x week two y week three z week four y again week five you know what i mean like it, it, it's I, i'm excited to see how it plays out so and and for the people there were people that were like mining is dead it's the end of the world set your hair on fire the sky is falling relax people find find jesus just chill it's at most at worst cut down to half of what it was that's not the end of the world let's be honest i know you loved it i know you were like no it's my toy i've got my imbalance thing and it's in my favor you had it too good that's not healthy for the overall health of the game you need to give the fucking combat people some love you need to give the 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 mission running and the different the trading you need it can't always be just you get the big enchilada and everybody else gets the little fucking microwave burrito it has to sort of be balanced base uh as a humble combat pilot and lover of microwave burritos uh <laughs> i i would love to have the game more balanced as far as credit because like i i'm not a huge fan of mining like i i want to do combat but i've had to mine just to pay for rebuys and ships and whatever um and that I don't know, that's just not I, I get that if mining is your main gameplay loop sure okay but for those that it, that mining isn't like we're forced into your gameplay loop when we want to play ours 100 mm -hmm. and i think we're going to close this subject out with arson arson you did some testing with sort of measuring your credits per hour before and after the changes why don't you kind of give us a little report on that yeah so with my python uh standard 128 holds uh, i do all three types of mining uh or four i don't know counting sucks um uh, but i would make about 100 to 128 mil per hour if i stockpiled and saved for the high prices on pay night uh the new numbers is uh, close to 70 mil an hour uh and if you were to hit a has res i think that you could hit or exceed those uh numbers so the option to make that credit is still there you just have to put in the extra effort and wait for the right prices so those fleet carriers and stockpiling is going to come in useful okay well we'll see how all this plays out 
We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep bringing you the news. Let's talk about what's going on in the world of frontier sales and this, that, and the other and whatnot. Let's start off right off the bat with the fact that uh, Elite Dangerous right now is on sale for Xbox players for six more days. So get in on it. You can get the full game of Elite for $8.99. And for Xbox players, that's kind of awesome because on the PlayStation and Xbox, you only need to buy the one account that you can get as many alts as you like based on their whole login thing that the the uh, console makers had the, the clout to pull to make it happen that will never come to Elite on PC. People were asking about that over and over and over in the AMA. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's that's not coming. You, they give it to us. A, they gave it to us for for free all last week where you could get, you could make 15 accounts if you wanted to for personal use. Uh, so you had it for free. Uh, as far as when that's going to come around again, who knows? But I can tell you that it's not the end of the world if you missed out because, you know, right now, for example, there's a Steam sale. That's going until December 1st, where you can get the entire game of Elite for $7.49. And this game is worth $7.49 and a whole lot more. So don't be stingy. Get in on it. And if you listened to us last week, you already got a lifetime's worth. So you're Gucci. Let's also talk about the fact that this is week two of the Black Friday sales with the Stygian and Midnight Black paint jobs. Sadly, not for the fleet carriers. I was so excited. I was like waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. And then it went on sale and I was like, yes, midnight has launched. Can I get my midnight black fleet carrier? And not this year. Maybe next year. Boom, 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 boom. All right. But get your midnight black and Stygian paint job. Stygian, you can get a couple times a year. They'll have it now. They'll have it again just in the blink of an eye at, you know, the Christmas time sale. Probably they do the Stygian ones a lot on Christmas and New Year. They do the Stygian sometimes, I think, on the spring sale around Easter time. Midnight Black, you get it this week or you wait till next year. And that is the sexiest paid job in the game. So get it. It's like 2,000 arcs. Dude, I bought it for every ship in the game last year. Even ones that I can't fucking get. But that's just me. I'm a crazy man. Let's talk about the streams. Tuesday, Super Cruise News, number 14. Uh, this one should have been titled Twitch Drops Purple, because that's all anybody gave a shit about. There was no real meaningful communication of any kind for the most part because the and and that's not frontiers fault at all the stream there was over what was it ten thousand people or whatever in there and the stream comments this the 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 chat window was flying by you would type something and hit enter and you couldn't even see where your own thing was much less for them to try to pick out and meaningfully answer questions the questions all of the questions were twitch drop twitch drop twitch drop what about twitch drop Purple, Twitch drop, Twitch drop, purple, purple, Twitch drop, Twitch drop, purple. There you go. Now you've you've got the whole experience. You, I just saved you an hour and a half. You you got it. Um, so let's let's look at what this was. This is a new thing that Frontier is getting worked out. They're getting the kinks worked out. They had plenty of kinks. They had some problems. The way that you have to do it is you have to go 
you have to first go to a site to register and like link your Twitch account that you're watching the stream on to your Elite Dangerous account with Frontier. Then you have to watch for X amount of time in the stream and you'll get a little stream notification saying, hey, you won this prize, go claim it. And then you have to, when the whole thing is done, go back to that frontier, it's like twitch.frontierstore.net or some shit. They, they, they'll say it in the stream whenever they do these. You have to go back to that thing and you click on that to claim the thing in there. When I went to do it, and a lot of people, it was buggy as shit. They couldn't get it to work. When I went, I tried like four times reopening it. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It was buggy. I unattached my account and then reattached my account, and then it worked first time after that. So if you're having that problem, whatever, you then click on the thing to claim it. You had to claim all of your prizes by 8 p.m., I guess, British Standard Time, the, the, the night of the, um, which is UTC the in, 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 in the summertime uh, or wintertime, rather. Um, you had to claim it by eight. So like pretty much within like an hour or two of the stream ending, you had to go claim all your shit. And the way that it worked is if you were on for 30 minutes, you were eligible to win, put it up on the screen, Arson. There was like purple, vibrant purple paint jobs for like eight ships. And it was, they show you the eight ships right there. You had, you got a crate, you got a cutter, you got a vet, you got a conda, you got an asp explorer, you got a python, you got a mamba, and you got a cobra. If you were there for, wait, I think it was maybe, that was maybe 15 minutes or half, I don't know, whatever. Then the second round was at the half hour mark or whatever. And then you got the paint job for SRV, SLF, and something else. I forgot what it was. There you go. You got, so for the three SLFs and the SRV, and if you were there for a full hour, then you got the purple, the vibrant purple, like laser and the vibrant purple, like engine trail thing. So that's all of that stuff. And the last thing I want to say on, on this subject is, and I am allowed to say this frontier did say that those of us that are in the content creator program that they have going on right now, Frontier is rolling this out first for the next, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be the next stream, but the next couple of times they do this, whether they do it every week or once a month or what I, whatever system they're going to announce, when they do it, they're going to do it for the next couple of times on just their stream only to work the kinks out. Once they have the kinks worked out of it, they will be rolling it out to us creators that are in their program, which means that at some point in the future, theoretically, if everything works out with the tech, I will be able to come to you and say, hey, tune in to next week's Elite Week, where if you listen for 20 minutes, you win this prize. If you listen for half an hour, you win that prize. If you listen for an hour, you, you, know, you just got to watch and register and you get free shit. Everybody loves free shit. Base, hop in on this. Uh, I gotta say, this was a really good move by Frontier. Um, and we're, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but <laughs> uh, the community around Elite is really what drives Elite Dangerous. And I, I feel like they're they're recognizing that more and more, mm -hmm. uh, especially lately. 
um, allowing for Twitch drops is is such a good idea to strengthen the community and and also build on top of that because people are going to start watching and then get involved in in these communities through just wanting to get you know some kind of cosmetic and I, I love that frontier is is going forward with this and and it was a long time coming in my opinion <laughs> yeah now there were some issues um it was broken a lot for pc players when they were trying to link their stuff and it was finicky and they had to whatever to my knowledge it's still broken for a lot of the console players where the people that actually won the thing and like registered it and they said okay you got it they don't have it like it's not able to it doesn't work yet and frontier knows about it they said in the ama and they've said multiple times on the forums and whatnot <clears throat> yeah we know this is an issue we're working on it we'll get it you will get it we just have to fix whatever and it's like a lot of things it's new it's the first time and um when something's new and for the first time and it, it doesn't work and then they get it fixed and then it does work so it's that's coming uh, I think the next time that they are doing this is going to be on the 17th of December. So, and that'll be on their stream. So look for, look for it on their stream. And again, it's, it's new. It's free. Yes, it's buggy. Yes, it has problems. They'll get it. Figure it out. And when they do, you'll enjoy it. And it's free. What's not to like? All right. <clears throat> The other stream that they did this week was the Galactic Intern stream with the Hall Seals. And if you want to go check it out, the Hall Seals obviously are phenomenal. They just brought up online their new, uh, what do you call it? Um, IRC setup. They have a similar setup to like the Fuel Rats now where it helps them to better get people out there. So you get to go see, um, you know, community manager doing interning with the whole seals and see that whole gameplay loop and and the amazing stuff that how that works it's, it's the whole seals are a beautiful group and want to give them all the love that we can you've got some information on ircs yeah yeah i was just gonna say it's uh internet relay chat it is one of the older uh chat technologies predates discord by a very very large margin uh but it's going to give them the ability to uh, do similar things that the fuel rats do where they can have web portal uh access and things like that that don't require discord membership or uh people that have never touched discord getting used to the interface that you see uh with it and whatnot and it's a really big move for them and it's going to give them a lot of ability to support a larger amount of people See, that's why I had Arson explain it to you, because I'm a very high-level, competent, technical person. And if I get into explaining web portals, I'm just going to leave everybody in the dust because my my knowledge on tech is so vast. So very vast. All right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the birthday boy gets the right to laugh at that. All right. Uh, so we've got next up, we've got the forum post. Um for, right off the bat, there was the community ask me anything announcement. Uh, and I think Arson might actually have a little picture from when it was pre-announced. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was this is a very, very cool initiative. For those of you who listen to Elite Week uh, on the regular know a couple weeks back, there was a whole thing that we did with the the, the Black Sky Legion and, and the Dark Wheel where we were pushing in Shinrada. And when we were pushing in Shinrata, we came across a 
how do I say this? We came across an algorithm that was frustrating us from getting any return on our efforts. And uh, as a result, we took it to the forums and we asked for like, hey, there's clearly some fuckery afoot here as far as the math goes. So can you just confirm once and for all that this is the thing? And uh, and they they did. They confirmed it for us. And there was a little bit of a backlash in the thread where some people were saying like, oh, you're this content creator. And so you get uh, special treatment and we we have questions and we're not getting answers and whatever. And my response was basically, like, number one, how are you rooting against me to get answers on stuff? There was a lot of players that had questions. We got an answer to it. I'm not rooting against any of you to get answers to your questions. In fact, I'm going to try my best to see what we can do to maybe put a spotlight on this. So I went to Frontier and said like, hey, you guys are killing it on the community outreach. You guys are killing the game. You guys are just just winning everywhere on your, your streams. You're doing great you're on this. You're reaching out fantastic. You've got this program. you got that program. You guys are making such strides everywhere. But on the forums, they're kind of feeling a little underloved, underrepresented right now. Is there something you can do? Maybe make a special event like a, I said, you know, maybe you guys do forum Fridays or something where you have like a a thing where people can ask their questions direct and you're live and you give them answers or whatever. And they said, well, we'll look into it. We'll see. Friday might not be the best day. We'll think about it, whatever. And then they came back with that response, uh, you know, whatever, a week, a week and a half later that Arson had on the screen there where they were like, hey, Kai, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a weekly event on Wednesdays. They ask me anything. We're going to try to make sure that everyone gets an answer to their question. And I thought that was lovely. Again, like they're killing the game. These guys are just winning everywhere. Uh, and I, I just want to salute the fuck out of the work that they're putting in on this. So that was awesome. Um Arson, you had something on this? Uh, yeah, I was just going to uh, plug the Elite Week Discord real quick and say there is a channel for anybody that's saying, oh, the devs aren't posting and, and paying attention to people's stuff. <laughs> if if you go in, we got a link and share category in our mountain of channels. There is a heart emoji dev posts channel there, and every single post from Frontier staff whether it is a new thread or a response to an existing thread, they are all listed in there and you can sift through it. It's a little hard on the eyes, but you can see everything going on on the forums and I can assure you they are paying attention. They may not just comment on everything. And there's hyperlinks right in there so you can click on it and jump right to the actual forum thread and see what else was said before and after and whatnot too. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. All right. The next forum uh, post was about the Twitch drop announcement. We covered that already. There's a link in the show notes if you want to read the thing. After that was the weekly Super Cruise news announcement, which basically, again, was completely hijacked by the Twitch drops. And, you know, cool. It's a it's a cool new thing. No problem. And then was the weekly community, the first edition of the weekly community managers. Ask me anything. Now, that was uh, let's talk about that a little bit here. I went through and pulled out every last one of the meaningful responses, the ones where there was a response that really didn't say anything. I left them out, uh, but I went and I posted in the news channel on the Elite Week Discord 
a bunch of different things where they they said about this they said about that let's let's go through and and everybody pick out some of the things that uh you know that, that you thought were 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 sort of super interesting for me right off the bat there was the fact that this is the highest week ever in elite dangerous uh concurrent user history which was amazing um there was the part where they said yeah if you have an idea for a rare good or whatever suggest it and i said how about the kaizen tinfoil hat just kind of making <laughs> taking the shit out of myself whatever it's funny um there was one that made me less sad any plans for the fleet carrier bridge bruce garrido responded uh this was post 143 on the response thread there are no plans to add the bridge currently we're at the point now in Odyssey uh, that if, if the if, if if the bridge was coming in Odyssey, that would not be a thing that was said. Um, on the other hand, there's another one from Bruce, number 157 on the thread that had me super excited. Uh, how does the team think about the amount of grinding required for various activities, especially material grinding for uh, and relocking? Is there a plan to make materials more fun to acquire? Bruce, we are not fans of the current meta for material gathering and well aware of how grindy it is. Relogging being the best method is especially not something that we want in Elite. Alternatives are an ongoing discussion with Dev. As soon as plans are made, we will let the community know. And... Uh, <laughs> They asked somebody asked, are there any plans to make a medium class Gudamaya ship? Bruce responded, not currently, but we're open to design ideas. Hey, Bruce, here's my design idea. Step one, take the clipper. Step two, push the wings in five meters. Step three, ta-da! <laughs> uh, and oh, I definitely want to call out one last one here. I want to call out Art. Uh, question by Drago Cub X. Will fleet carriers, especially ATC voice, ever include special voice uh, lines for owners of this in the future? Right now, you get greeted like you're just any other random commander. Art. Great feedback. Let me pass this on to the team for consideration. That, that had me super, super excited. Okay, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do one more because this is my show. Here we go. Question. Will Earth-like worlds have any surface landings? Nope. I don't expect 3D models of cities or rushing water and trees. Now, obviously, this is coming from Bangor Masuk, who is obviously not a native English speaker. But, I mean, you get the gist of what he's saying. He's saying, hey, Earth-like worlds. Here was the response. That's unconfirmed as of yet. Let me just point out that unconfirmed is a hell of a long way from a no. Is that a Brucey bonus that we're talking about? I, 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 some exciting shit. All right. Now I'm going to pass it to you guys and pull out stuff that you you thought were, were, you know, sort of interesting from that. Let me scroll down because I was in the news channel. Let's start off with uh, Roy. So uh, one that I was surprised to see, because uh, it's, well, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. It's a, it's a very sort of astronomy geeky question, and I was I was thrilled to see it asked, 
And it was, is the galaxy going to be updated with the new ESA Gaia star map data? Mm -hmm. um, this is actually something I was, I was, uh, it hadn't come up in our discussions of me doing the exoplanet hunting, but it was something I was thinking about because what I've noticed is uh, our, as in current humanity's knowledge of just simple things like distances to stars and the mm -hmm. billions of them uh, has has really improved with uh, the Gaia uh, uh, satellite from from ESA, uh, the Gaia project. And and prior to that, there was a huge range of uncertainty on some of these things. And I was always curious, like it it's not a trivial job to put you know uh, th as many stars as are in the galaxy map in when you actually don't have accurate distance information. So you know, one of my questions was, how do they do it? And then now the more important one is that, that was posted here for the AMA. It was, are they going to use new new information as it comes out to correct some of these things? And yeah. Uh, yeah, they said yes. Uh, they expects it will be eventually, which I thought was really really neat because you know it's a it's maybe a niche gameplay loop, but I I really enjoy finding things that get you know news stories written about them in real life because of new discoveries and whatnot, exoplanets stuff like that, and then going and find them in the game. And, oh, yes. and to the to the degree that they line up and they're there, it, that's just that's fun. That's fun. Imagine this, Roy. You did that thing where you found, okay, you found a couple exoplanets and you reported them into the official thing on that, where they had that crowdsourced work, whatever. That goes to a grad student. That grad student kicks it up to a senior grad student. That senior grad student kicks it up to a paid employee. It, it gets kicked up the list five or six more times to someone at headquarters ESA, and they put it on the list. That This has now been found. Planet XQ249, HIP2... 48 whatever and but you know that that's roy found that one and imagine it gets put on the list and then you know whatever it's it takes a year or two whatever but then two years three years four years down the line uh elite announces like oh we're incorporating the 2020 catalog of stuff that was you know found and uh, why the hell is the screen on fast forward? <laughs> there are, that was freaking it's me the out. the Penny Hill version of the Odyssey. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I was uh, going to say something, but... <laughs> I, I looked up, I'm like making a point, and I look up and I say... Da -da 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 I'm like, what the hell? All yeah, right, but I had to speed up the, uh, the galactic yeah. navigation. All right, well, so imagine, uh, you know... 2023 comes around and elite says yeah we're incorporating the 2020 catalog and you get to fly to the planet you found wouldn't that be cool fucking cool that'd be would that super be cool yeah all right base you had a thing yeah the one that really excited me was um can we look forward to more robust features for squadrons larger size multi multi-platform membership a bank etc and uh the response was actually pretty promising we'd like to expand and improve squadron uh the squadron's feature uh, plans are for this are unlikely to come uh, to fruition before Odyssey, but it's on the agenda. So that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great because like when Squadrons came out, like we like there was so many ideas going around, and like even uh, the squadron that I formed, which is like a mercenary squadron to to help player minor factions in wars. Um, you know, I was hoping for something like that, like a bank that I could, you mm -hmm. know, pay out, pay out, uh, you know, bounties or something for however many ships and stuff like, like guild that. Like banks and other and other games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, squadrons are, it's it's the best of times, the worst of times. Squadrons are 
the greatest thing in elite and the worst thing in elite. As far as the greatest thing in elite, the people, what people bring to the table and make squadrons are so amazing. That is, I can't give anything. If you're not in a squadron right now, find one, join one. It's the best part of the game. But the tech of squadrons, the tools that the games give us, let's be honest, is dog shit. They, there's so much more that they could do to leverage the awesome people that could make it into so much more of a rich, fulfilling thing. I, I feel bad because people always say squadrons suck, and they're right on the tech side. They're completely wrong on the human side because squadrons are the best part of the game. It's just that the tool set that they give us is here. You can link a bookmark. The end. Like, oh, there's so much more you could do. Arson, get in on this on squadrons before we go to tweet. Yeah, I just just want to say that when it comes to squadrons, I think that does need a lot of work. I'm super excited. I saw that post too. That's fantastic. I do want to say they have an amazing feature in here with squadron public statements that is great, but you can't actually use it for the public unless people go to your squadron and look at the screen. I want to be able to, if I look up a squadron, to to uh, subscribe to their public statements and receive it in my inbox where the rest of my mail comes in. That would be awesome. Tweet, you got some thoughts on player economy? Hit us up. Yeah, I, the one that really stuck out to me was a question by somebody by the name of Norlin asked about uh, their opinion on a player-driven economy within Elite Dangerous. And... Mm -hmm. The response wasn't like totally encouraging, but but Bruce says, I really like the idea of a player driven economy, but also realize how complex they are to create and run. I'd love to see it introduced in Elite, but it'd require a lot of work, so on and such forth. I don't see this happening in the foreseeable future, but always happy to hear and join in any speculation. Even even the fact that he entertained that tells me that it's something they have at least looked at and are thinking about po possibly imp implementing within, you know, sometime down the line. Probably no time soon, but a player-driven economy could really open a lot of things up in this game. Absolutely. All right, everybody, just as a heads up, I just noticed in the chat, Father Bill, big salute to you, Father Bill. Buddy, stop cursing. All right. <laughs> Uh, I want to call out one more thing that makes me just absolutely, uh, I'm madly in love with Bruce for this comment. Sensei Jack Sama said, could you look into rebalancing the material traders? Having a 1-6 ratio for G5 mats is a little excessive. Half or a third would be much more appropriate for most players. And Bruce responded, and this was uh, response number 218 in that thread. I am very keen on this idea. I see the rates as too harsh currently and have raised it with the development team. Bruce, you had me at I am keen on this idea. You complete. Uh, I just, I that that one, there were so many of the ones that I, I left that one on purpose because I'm like, someone's going to grab it and nobody grabbed it. So I'm grabbing it before we go on. Let me check just to see. Oh, Commander Bay's on player economy. Get in on this. Yeah, actually, um, I had thought that fleet carriers were were going to bring in somewhat of a player economy and they kind of did but it's <laughs> yeah. it's very it's very closed off and mm -hmm. uh like i i the how do i word this the fact that they've implemented something where uh, there's a, a level of player control in the economy on fleet carriers which is kind of its own little bubble 
uh, means that the mechanics are in the game now. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to see that sort of extend out to um, squadrons tied to player minor factions and potentially, you know, making some money off of the station that you control. 100%. All right, this is last call on the AMA. We're, we're going to hit it next week, too. We'll bring you the stuff. But anybody have anything else for this week's AMA? All right. I want to end this segment by saying that, again, I give a huge salute to the community management team for doing this. I think it's an awesome idea. I did notice there was 12 pages in the thread. There were some questions that didn't get answered. But you know what? Human beings are human beings, and there's only so much you can see. And they said right on the thing... Hey, man, if you had a question that did not get an answer, feel free to bring it to us next week. We're going to do this. We'll be here next week. We're going to do this every week. I think that's awesome. I think that's beautiful. Big salute. And hopefully this continued engagement will open up more of a line of dialogue of not just them telling us stuff. Community managers telling us stuff is great and that's awesome and we always love it. But it's just as important the other side for us to tell them stuff and for them to see like, hey, man. This is this is what everybody's sort of this is coming up a lot. Everybody's hitting this. Everybody's hitting that. And, you know, they ask questions and maybe it gets to the back end. It gets to a dev. It gets to somebody. And that starts an idea percolating or a conversation. And that's a beautiful thing. So let's let's look for more of that. All right. Next up on the forums, uh, we had. Oh, sorry. Next up is the Galnet articles. Roy, why don't you run us through those? Yeah, there was five articles in the last week. Uh, first up on the 23rd, we had commodity prices affected by market volatility. So this was the in-game explanation for uh, why, for example, mining prices might be changing. I thought this was really clever. Um, they didn't have to make these balance pass changes be a part of lore, and they chose to, which was extra work. And I just think that's great. It's just another layer of immersion that uh, these changes are recognized within the lore of the game and not just something happening on a server and talking about it on the forums and so forth. Right on. Um, November 21st, uh, Core Dynamics bids to purchase Lakon Spaceways. Uh, interesting. Um, I, you know, the one thing I thought about reading, the uh, one thing I thought about after reading this was. Does this mean maybe that there's, um, does this herald some new designs coming in the Chieftain Challenger Crusader lineup, perhaps? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of a random thought. But I think this maybe suggests there's something going to be shaken up a bit in uh, ship designs, or maybe this is leading to some lore explanation for new ships. I, I definitely like where you're going with that, but I'm going to make a little adjustment here and say they said it. I called this before I even read it because I was working. I was working, so I was driving, and I just saw a thing saying, hey, there's a new Galnet article that says that uh, Core Dynamics might buy out Lacon. And immediately, in my, I literally, said, right off the bat, said, Votal, Votal, SRVs, this right here is the shit, because the whole point was, if you remember, about a year ago, Lacon bought out Votal. Oh, no, sorry. Core Dynamics bought out Votal, and Votal was the only, they were the only licensed developers makers manufacturers of srvs and they had always stated we're only going to do the one design the scarab we have no interest in doing other stuff now to me when i think late when i think core dynamics i think combat when i think lacon i think tractors trucks mining all kinds of stuff and 
So if this is a in-game lore friendly in-universe idea for something along the lines of, say, oh, we're going to start introducing this tank style SRV and we're going to have over here this big old, you know, dump truck SRV that you use for mining or whatever, scavenging or whatever, like... There's so much there. And they, the fact that when I later went back and read the article, it says in the article, it mentions Vodal. They're putting it right out there for us. And the other thing, the last thing I'm going to say real quick before I toss this one back is uh, Core Dynamics makes big, big stuff, you know? And Lacon makes some trucking stuff. And if you put big and trucking together, you get Panther Clipper. Don't say it too loud. <laughs> All right. Tweet. You had some thoughts. Oh, sorry, sorry. Bays first, then tweet. We can try and talk over each other if you'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my thoughts on it are, are actually, uh, I hope that it leads to new ships, but I, I feel like it's actually going to lead to, and I've heard this theory a couple times, uh, lead to a bidding war between uh, uh, Gudamaya and Core Dynamics. And mm gonna drag the alliance in on the the sort of conflict going on between them two um i i would love to see some new ships and i feel like if core dynamics takes takes hold of lacon we hopefully cross fingers will uh get something uh similar to you know the the alliance lineup but with um at large core dynamics looking uh, features <laughs> oh my god what if core dynamics hopped in did a redo on the type 10 and made it something that wasn't crap. Oh yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> Tweet. Hop in on your thoughts. Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought it's like you, when I saw this article was Vodal. That's what stood out to me because Vodal are the only ones that made SRVs. And, and I think we all on this show have been saying, we believe we're going to get new SRVs with yeah. the Odyssey drop. So boom, there, there's our uh, lore reason for getting them in a couple months. I, I love that idea. The other thought I had though, is being as they do make a lot of the Alliance type ships, maybe, maybe just maybe we're finally going to get a, large alliance ship in this game we the have the vat we have the cutter but we don't have a large alliance ship yet so oh well i mean so we have two we've got the type 9 and the type 10 and the type 9 is your your trucker and your type 10 is your not good at anything <laughs> but you're I gonna mean, you're gonna hurt texas feelings man <laughs> well, but what we what we could get what we could get what if for the first time we got a Lacon, uh, an Alliance cap ship. You've got the interject. You, you've got the majestic interdictor for the for the imps. You've got the Farragut battle cruiser for the Feds. What if we got an Alliance mega ship? That would be cool. Uh, Arson. Yeah. So I am suddenly thinking, like, okay, the Alliance bit. They mentioned in the Galnet article. The Alliance and the Federation haven't been opposed to this merger. Um, yes. Moreover, the we haven't covered the article for it yet, but there's another article that makes me think, uh, <laughs> hmm, maybe, maybe all three of the factions are saying, oh, the Alliance is going to be our AX group. All right, we'll save that one for when we get to it. Uh, base. 
I I like the idea just bouncing off of the uh, Alliance cap ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the only thing that popped into my head was like the the UNSC ships from Halo. <laughs> like I, I feel like if you merged Core Dynamics <laughs> and the uh, and Lacon's designs, you would come out with something like that. That's just like a brick. <laughs> I mean, that's a way to go. But honestly, I think that the uh, the Alliance cap ship would be the Panther Clipper. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> All right. hey, uh, don't say it too loud because it'll push it back. All right, next article. So on the 26th, we had two articles. The first was Empire and Federation increase capital ship production. Um, so I think we'll we'll talk about that perhaps in the in the CG section in a bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's some stuff going on. There were cap ships from both sides. You know, maybe uh, mm-hmm. the the drums of war are, are beating stronger now. And then Alliance consolidates presence in Colsac Nebula. Um, so there's some new stations out there. The one thing I think that was really interesting too is now there's uh appears to be there's going to be a market for selling bug parts. Um, mm-hmm. so another way to profit from, or may, maybe a way to profit from, um, Thargoid hunting. Uh, now, interesting, sure. interestingly enough, unlike the imp fed CGs that are CGs, they go for a week and then they end. The Alliance thing isn't a CG. The Alliance thing mm-hmm. is a Galnet article talking about a new sort of mission. And 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 the way that I'm going to sort of describe that or liken it to is like the Ramta thing or like the the Palin things where it's like, there's not really a time frame. This is a long-term sort of thing. Like, do this until you we tell you you can't no more. And so there's that's the one side of it. The second side of it, as we discussed last week with all of our speculation and talking about, hey, the bubble is expanding to the coal sack and all this stuff is going on. I'm going to point out, yo, uh, legit, uh, the Alliance is poking the bear. Like, this is so in-universe. This is the worst idea ever. You're going to cause the next Thargoid invasion by murdering their things and massacring their stuff. You're you're just begging for them to come kick our ass. Uh, in, out of universe, like, as me as a player... This is the greatest idea ever. You're going to cause the next Thargoid invasion by poking them. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's start with uh, Tweaked on the bubble. Yeah, I think people are really sleeping on the fact that, one, the bubble is expanding. That is a long-lasting permanent effect on the galaxy that we are seeing happen right now. That doesn't happen every day in this game. But, two, I think you're exactly right. The Alliance is... Uh, <laughs> swatting at the bee's nest so to speak and with the timing of the fed and imperial pending war looming over the horizon it was just in time for the alliance to uh piss off the thargoid so to speak it's mm-hmm. it, the, the storyline is just fitting right in yep. commander kaizen in 3306 says this is a really bad idea guys uh <laughs> i the guy who plays a video game in 2020 is like this is the greatest idea ever guys base get in on this yeah um it's i was just i was pointing out that you read my tweets i actually so when uh the alliance cg thing happened out on colsack i actually tweeted that out i was like uh, those exact words too <laughs> the alliance wow. has spoken the bear on this one um and honestly i think so so i actually thought uh, during the uh, Enclave Interstellar mm-hmm. Initiative, that mm-hmm. they were setting the witch head up for failure. Like, they they put an engineer out there to give you a face and a name, to somebody to get attached to. They put some stations. I thought they were going to let it burn, not just 
damaged stations, but like destroyed stations. Wipe it off the map. Yeah. And and I think that's what the alliance is leading to uh, here, possibly with the Colsac, maybe with their next move. It's hard to say, but I think they're going to set something up and the Thargoids are going to completely take it down. Unrepairable. I dig it. I'm digging. I'm digging where you're going with this. Arson, get in on this. Yeah, I know you love the Alliance. Let's talk about it. Well, I, I'm just happy that the Alliance actually seems to have some relevance. And that's not to say that they haven't, you know, had some power plays in the, the days leading up to now. But the fact that we have something tangible to interact with them, it, it feels like there is actual Alliance content now. And, and that just, it warms my cockles as an independent player. Well... We got to Arson's cockles. It's uh, nine thirty-seven. Right on, Arson. I'm gonna. I just threw something. I know you're gonna hate me for this. I just threw something in the recording booth. How about you? Uh, actually, I'm gonna throw it here in the stream live chat as well. If you I can, I was I'm just sorry. thinking about that. Actually, why don't you throw that up on the screen? Yeah. Um, What's that? This is this is where we're at with this right now. We've got from the standpoint of, is this a good idea? We have, there you'll see uh, a picture of the entire human bubble. And then you've got the Thargoids uh, in the Pleiades on the one side. You've got the Witchhead Nebula up on the other side. You've got the the Colsack Nebula, the new one, uh, on the far other side. So we're basically entirely surrounded. And another thing that nobody really mentions is there are a lot of barnacles over in the California nebula, which I always thought was going to be the next thing to blow up. But the Colsack caught me completely by surprise. Let me say something here. Look at this and tell me that you don't see a massive wave of Thargoid and our little teeny tiny bubble and think, oh, shit's about to go down. That's what I'm saying. All right. Interesting, interesting stuff totally super i'm i'm ready for you know what comes next and you had last you had one more uh, article roy yeah and uh actually this conversation is leading right to it the shadow of war um uh, some basically talking about some saber rattling from both sides but perhaps uh also foreshadowing what you're just alluding to there uh uh senator denton petraeus uh, announcing the withdrawal of funding for aegis um I wasn't sure if that meant that perhaps, uh, you know, the guard could be down and everyone's <laughs> focusing on each other. And uh, holy crap, here comes the Thargoids. Yeah, man. Um, how about uh, Base? Get in on your thoughts on the, the barnacles in the bubble. Uh, so this is kind of a, it's it's a tinfoil theory. But <laughs> um, with the proximity of just where we found barnacles, I'm, I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been any discovered in the bubble uh now or potentially in the future um because like the pleiades is not that far uh mm-hmm. colsack nebula is not that far uh sure Witchhead and california nebula, nebula are a little far out and they are in nebula so maybe that has something to do with how barnacles grow but um i would be a little surprised if we didn't find something in the bubble uh here pretty soon i think we keep poking them we're gonna definitely find them in the bubble pretty soon <laughs> Uh, Arson, Aegis funding, what do you think? Yeah, so I kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier with the whole merger of the two corporations for the shipbuilding. But the the political situation, 
you know, Aegis losing its funding, that is a huge, huge indicator of maybe that war is getting a lot hotter than we might see on the surface right now. We've got a bunch of capital ships, five five new capital ships are attempting to be commissioned on each side of the war for the Fed and Imps. Uh, and the Alliance is major ship manufacturer is merging peacefully with the Federation's major ship manufacturer. This is for the record. Good it's, stuff. it's not happened yet. It's just a potential. It's round one has been not opposed, but it hasn't happened yet. I, I like the idea. Who was it? I think it was Bay said something about we might end up seeing a bidding war. What if Gudamaya comes in next week into the story and says, no, we want to merge with Lake mm. on. That could be cool too, a back and forth. And let me tell you something. I don't, is it just me? Everybody in the chat, tell me what you're thinking. And, and and you guys tell me what you're thinking. I'm looking at this story playing out and I'm looking at, ooh, I'm looking at a brand new cracked bottle of dragon's milk. Uh, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, this is how I felt through seasons one through six of Game of Thrones, where you're watching two sides peacock and posture and get ready to go to war when there's this whole other story going on that they're trying really hard to ignore. And I'm looking at this going, you idiots are about to get murdered by the other that you're completely ignoring while you're pointing your little swords at each other. What do you guys think? Which one? <laughs> base <laughs> hop in okay um that's exactly what i think and and i i'd even mentioned this before when when this started off um you know the alliance and the fed started ramping up they have their their internal politics and fi infighting going on with with uh like starship one and um just the the you know empire kind of falling apart at the seams trying to trying to stay united but at the same time there's still some resentment between the the leaders um, you know, the Alliance is out there being, being the, uh, the watch, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're up on the wall, like looking at the Thargoids, like, Hey, <laughs> look at those things. Sort of. I and mean, every... it's, yeah. the, it's like they're on the wall, except for if the guys on the wall were like pissing on the, the, the white walkers going, ha ha, bet you can't come at me. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I jumped in on you. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> And then I, I think what's going to end up happening is the the Fed and Imp War is definitely going to escalate. Mm. Uh, it may turn into more of like a Cold War where the the factions themselves aren't actually at war, but you know groups that are aligned with them are. Um, and at a certain point, I think we're just going to get smacked in the face by Thargoids. <laughs> yes, I think you know what I'm going to name it now. I'm going to coin the phrase now. Everybody use this. Let's make memes. Let's do it. We're going to call the imp-fed little pissing match, their little slap fest, we're going to call that the Summer War. And then everyone start making things about the Summer War and then put Winter is Coming with a big fucking Thargoid in the back. Tweaked. And what this really boils down to, no matter which direction you look at it from, for us commanders in the in-universe galaxy, is better get ready better get your engineering done for the fed imp war you better get your axe ships built for the bugs that are inevitably going to come at us everybody better get ready because it's coming everybody get your thargoid memes on and just put thargoid is coming i cut you off there base hop in hop back in sorry i actually forgot what i was going to say but uh yeah winter is coming 
<laughs> all right, so get ready. Shit's about to get exciting. Um, all right. So next up, we got the actual community goals. Let's first off, we got to do an addendum to the previous week's community goals where everybody was like, yo, bro, I didn't get my second FSD. What, what's up with that? Well, <clears throat> I reached out to Frontier and got a response uh, Monday morning, early in the morning, uh, lots of early England time. Bruce responded like, hey, man, for anyone passing on their queries or concerns about the FSDs, it's coming. We, we, we just processed it right now. So it's coming out there. And it did. We got our second one. And I'm very, very happy. I'm going to reiterate, man, the AMA had shit on this. The forums have had stuff. People have been saying it on shows. People are like, oh, I'm mad because Frontier said they were going to give this award to the top 25% of players. And then they gave it to 75% of the players. Fine, Jesus. You need to fucking chill. Um, like, why are you being so petty that you're going to be mad that other people got stuff? Frontier gave everyone that they said they were going to give a, a reward to. They gave them the reward. And then to be nice, they gave it to two thirds more extra people that they were like okay here have have whatever would it have been optimal for them to say right from the very beginning we're going to give it to the top 75 okay yes but they didn't cheat you they gave you everything you were promised and then more so they gave it to more people no one has the right to be mad you can have the right to go like man i would have made a different decision okay i get that but like don't be so salty that you're going to begrudge them being nice to extra people that was a kindness base i was gonna talk a little bit about the double engineered module sort of exclusive cg stuff and mm -hmm. how i think it's it's awesome mm. <laughs> uh the just the the fact that you can get something unique from uh, an in-game event um which i mean we've gotten with you know decals and whatnot but something uh a little more usable right like uh i mean the the rocket launcher wasn't that great but <laughs> but hmm. it, it's still like it, it's a good sign of you know good rewards for for doing these these community goals yeah man and i mean here's the thing they have to be very very careful with regard to combat stuff like if you give if you give me you know, plasmas or rails have the double, like they have this thing that reduces heat and that thing that reduces heat or whatever. Ooh, boy, that's going to real quick. People are going to get salty when they get wrecked by stuff. But if they're doing an FSD that has an extra five light years jump range. Yeah. Okay. Yes, for sure. Bucky ballers. That is off the table. You can't use that. That's illegal. Cause that's unfair. But in general, if you're mission running or you're exploring and you've got a 55 light year jump range and the next guy has a 60 light year jump range, it's not going to break your game. Everybody just chill. Be nice. Relax. It's all good. Deep breath in, deep breath out. Let's hear from a Canadian birthday boy. <laughs> I was just going to say a uh, quick point about the FSD. I the thing I really loved about that, yes, it makes all the existing meta explorer ships uh, that can take that class of FSD go five light years further. But for me, what it made is a bunch of uh, what were previously slightly marginal 
designs for explorers mm-hmm. now much more viable and now there's um just more things to have fun with with ship designs like i've i've designed and built now a, an orca for exploration that gets uh 67 light year jump range and it's well equipped it's got all the right stuff and 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 uh you know research limpets it's got pack hounds and burst lasers and utility slots full like this is not a stripped down jump orca or whatever like it it brought a, a number of designs um into viability which i thought was really cool beautiful thing big salute big salute i'm i'm downing a dragon's milk by new holland brewing company 11 percent alcohol by volume as a salute to frontier good job thank you that's nice it was fun we look forward to more maybe maybe i'll say this as a as a okay everyone chill Maybe Frontier should do another one uh, a month from now or so that gives also that same FSD so that the people and do it at 75 or whatever percent. If it's going to be 75, if it's going to be 50, you know, don't change it again because people lost their minds. But like, just, you know, everybody, it's it's all good. It's all good. Let's just enjoy it and relax. and, and, And it's Thanksgiving week. Let's be happy. All right. Next up, so that that covered last week's. That was just a holdover from from, and it wasn't even technically last week's. It was the weeks before because last week the CG was non-existent. It was hey, go rescue feds from the burning station. But um, this week's CG, holy cow, we got some CG. So we've got the fake CG. That's a permanent thing now. Well, at least until we hear otherwise, where the alliance wants you to go murder thargoids and bring them bloody body parts for you know reasons. But then we have the two real CGs, which are truck stuff for the feds, truck stuff for the imps, kill people for the feds, kill people for the imps. The 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 drums of war are 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 banging. Um, let's look at it real quick. So number one, this is now important thanks to Stuart GT and the boys over at the Elite subreddit because we get to bet on it and win free stuff. Yay! And then number two. This will offer you, I don't know, some little discount on something. Okay, that's nice, whatever. But it also offers you stickers. We have decals that are going to be awarded as a part of this CG. And those decals are up on the screen right now for those of you watching the video or watching it live. On the left side, you've got the decals with the little ninja star. That's the Federation side. On the right side, you've got the decals with the little fried chicken. That's the Empire side. Ah... I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, art is a subjective thing. To me, these decals look like ass. I'm not at all excited about the decals per se, but I am a completionist, which means that my uh, sorry behind will be going to do this thing just to win the decals because, I don't know, reasons. People in the top 75% will get decals. The fact that it looks like it's... I'm co- I'm partially colorblind, but I think that this is what we're seeing is like gold, silver. You guys that can see colors, right? Is that gold, uh, silver, bronze, or, or what are we looking at here? It's a muted version of that. I could see that. I could see that maybe is what they're trying for. Yeah, could be. All right. So somebody that's not colorblind, boy, maybe whatever. But like, we're, what we're seeing here is different four different variants for each side of the same thing, and it basically looks like a eagle with a wrench with either the ninja star or the fried chicken over a planet 
and and in different brightnesses. I, I don't particularly find this exciting, but I have a mental illness where I have to collect them all like a Pokey Master. So, uh, Arson, get in on this and talk about the decal variants. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, rarely, you know, here's a little bit of my salt. Why is the logo design for decals damn near identical for the Federation and the Empire. I, I, I get the perspective of, you know, it's clear what CG period these came from if you look at either of the designs. Mm -hmm. But what? No. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. There's the thing. Go and do the thing. People will do the thing because there's a sticker. And even if it's a bad sticker, it's a sticker. Uh, I'm, you're talking to the guy that's got a Golconda sticker. Yeah, we're going to do it because reasons. Um, but more so, I, lately I've been accused by many people of being a Federation fanboy because I've been saying, screw the imps. That was just because they were doing wrong. They were specifically actively attacking non-combatants. They were trying to do a pogrom where they were doing human rights violations on people just because, oh, well, you were this. You're a Marlinist, therefore you're a terrorist. No. Marlinist is to terrorist as Islamic, person of the Islamic faith is to Islamic extremist terrorists. It's a one in a million of that group. It's not all whatever. Not all Christians are guilty of the Crusades. Not all Muslims are guilty of Islamic terrorists. Not all Irishmen are guilty of you know, bombing stuff as the IRA or whatever. You have to draw a line between the peaceful people that believe in a doctrine and those radical terrorists that want to blow people up. Those are very, very different things. Commander Bays, hop in. <laughs> I was just going to say that was a solid Kermit voice. I'm not sure why the Thank Imperials you. are Kermit, but <laughs> it was really good. I I work on it. I, I mean, I spend eight to ten hours a day really just working on that. <laughs> just looking in the mirror. <laughs> uh -huh. It's not easy being green. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but in this case, where I have been accused lately of being a Federation fanboy because literally the CG was the Empire are attacking peaceful citizens. Do you want to defend those citizens or do you want to help them, you know, murder people? I've been on the favor of the Federation side just because it's like, yo, I, I'm not in favor of killing non-combatants. I am a strong believer of the fact that you should kill all the people that need killing and no more. And in this particular case, I'm not going to be on either side because the Federation, this is not a situation of one side is committing war crimes and the other side is defending its borders. This is a situation of... Two sides are now being pompous jackasses that are gearing up for a war that shouldn't happen when they should be focusing on defending humanity from the Thargoid threat. So, yeah, I'm going to run just enough to get my stupid stickers for the Federation. And then I'm going to go run just enough to get my stupid stickers from the Empire because nobody is clean here. Everybody is bad. So I'm going to be a mercenary and get my stickers. The end. Uh, Baze, hop in. I didn't even get okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the a, a lot of elite, and actually, this is kind of how I feel about the Thargoids as well. Uh, a lot of elite is kind of like this moral gray area, right? Mm -hmm. Like none of none of the factions are all good. None of the factions are completely evil. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I concur with your point. I agree. Um, I mean, that's solid storytelling. Storytelling for five-year-olds is there's a guy in a white hat and he's awesome and loves puppies. There's a guy in a black hat and he murders puppies because it's fun. It's like, no, that's not how <laughs> life works. Nuanced, real stories. If you look through history, if you look through American history, uh, you know, we're guilty of a lot of bad things. And we're also get credit for a lot of awesome things. Like life is more nuanced. Grownups look at things and say like, yeah, there's, you know, what's that song? Remember where it's like, uh, there ain't no good side. There ain't no bad guys. There's only you and me and we just disagree. That's how real life works. There's not a good side and a bad side. There's quite often just people that think they're doing the right thing that have different motivations, you know? All right. Sorry. I think I took a weird turn there. Uh, the crowd the crowd enjoyed your singing. So Yeah, it was good. That was oh, pretty it's good. beautiful. Thank you. I'm a little really? drunk. All right. <laughs> it went perfectly in line with the conversation, actually. Good stuff. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So next up, we get to, uh, we did the decals. We did the Frontier AMA already. We covered it. It It is what it is. There was good stuff in there. We hope for more next week. We'll see. Next up is Frontier Tweets. David Braben continued with his savage tweets on about the Asp Nomad in Star Citizen. Let me tell you something. Uh, I'm just going to say this right now. I've played a little Star Citizen this week. I, I am a citizen of the stars. I am also an elite commander. And I will say this. I know Elite is actually or Elite Dangerous is actually hosting us. So they're showing us right now. Uh, which they probably wouldn't like me talking about the fact that I played some Star Citizen, but I, I'll say this anyways, just because honesty is good. Uh, the more I play Star Citizen, the more I say, man, this is cool, and it's got a lot of neat stuff, and uh, I really love Elite Dangerous because it is way better than the buggy crap that I have to deal with in Star Citizen. I like star citizen for the potential that it has but to me i see star citizen as like that hot girlfriend that your buddy has that you think wow she's incredible and then you spend an hour in the car with her on a drive somewhere and you're like wow i really love the girl i got at home because she's way less annoying than this chick uh like there's so many bugs oh sorry all right uh does anybody else have anything they want to get in on the the <laughs> tweets that the, the david braven posted like last week he posted a tweet where he was like oh that's interesting and then he posted this week another little winky thing where he's like well if you really look close there are some differences <laughs> wink it's like no you guys straight up jacked the asp and put it into star citizen and like naughty naughty don't do that anymore or we'll come after you for what is it lawyers call? They call it trade dressing. <laughs> That's what they is call that, it. Yeah. Is that for uh, lawsuit salad? Yes. Trade dressing <laughs> is what you call it. If it like, so, so like legally nobody else can make a Coca-Cola bottle because if you do, if you make it that shape with that, has that rivets, you'll get sued because Coca-Cola says that's trade dressing. That's our thing. We copyrighted it. You can't make that. They put an asp in Star Citizen. Like, let's be honest. Just maybe stop with that. Just asps in front of things are very cool, but you oh, kind of oh. invent it in order to be able to do it. Or pick a better so. ship. 
Fair. Fair point. All right. Uh, next up, we've got the Elite Week Race News. So let's start right off the bat with our Speed Bowl for recap. Arson, Roy, myself, and Swordsmith95 went down together and we did some speed bowling. We had some fun. Um, I think of all of us, I think I think Arson or Roy did sort of the better of the runs. I did some good runs, but like I, I had some runs that would have been whatever, but Roy actually submitted. I didn't submit because I was like, hey, man, I'm just having fun. We're doing things. Let me tell you something. Number one, speed bowling is harder than you think. It is a whole different thing. And number two, holy fuck was that fun. Um, let's start with Baze. You have a question, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's this thing. I, I don't know if it's really official or anything like that. I've been calling it Crater Bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a planet in uh, my player minor faction's home system that's got high gravity and this really big impact crater. Right on. Um, so we go down the crater almost like a wingsuit super close to the surface there's these big ridges um so it's like canyon running uh yeah. meets speed bowling meets hooning because by the end of it you're at like 2000 meters per second <laughs> um <laughs> so it's it's pretty crazy i don't know if you guys have tried that but if you like speed bowling you might you might appreciate that we should definitely go do that roy get in on this yeah so uh that was a lot of fun it was it was much more intense than i expected uh mm. I was thinking it would be a bit more arcadey. I don't know why I was thinking that, but uh, getting just getting it lined up properly so that you know uh, I would be anywhere near the canyon we were supposed to fly through. Um, mm-hmm. That took a lot more practice than I thought. I think I I did maybe six six runs before I was even getting into the right you know within five kilometers uh, at the end of the run of where I was supposed to be. And uh, my goal was simply to, to qualify, <laughs> to get within, because you had to be below two kilometers height and within two kilometers side to side. Mm-hmm. And for the altitude, the, the the closer to the ground you were, you know, that counted as, a, as another score, as, as a ranking, a sub score, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had that one run that uh, managed to qualify. And I was, I was thrilled to see that uh, I didn't get pushed completely off the uh the 40 40 commander leaderboard so i managed to squeak squeak in near the bottom but i was i was it was so much fun i i just love that it was a great time dude you had a hard time you're talking to the idiot that showed up without the uh (laughs) scanner thing the what is it the the probe surface surface scanner you didn't know the surface scanner yeah and so i had to i first shipped a probe out there and was told oh it's going to be four hours till it gets there and then came back after watching a movie and found out, oh, there's a fleet carrier over there. It's got probes. And it was a whole thing. Yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. Um, for sure. Much love the prime time. Uh, Arson, you had a thing about speedball. Yeah, it was definitely fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I did find it's really not for me. Um, I, it, it was a lot harder than I anticipated. I have to agree with that sentiment. Mm. Um, I didn't even place on, like, I didn't submit my time mainly because I looked at the leaderboard and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not even close. Um, mm-hmm. But some of the speeds were were insane. Um, 
for me the the thing that was the hardest to swallow was the end when you're starting to get towards the end and you get closer and closer to the ground the excitement level goes through the roof and then <laughs> yeah. yeah you know it's like okay holy crap that just happened the first time i totally wrecked out i died I got so excited that I completely forgot to break, turn on flight assist and all that stuff. You know what? And I didn't die. I didn't die once through the whole thing. I I did like four runs that qualified. I actually got within the 2000 and 2000, 2000 from the target, 2000 from the ground. But every time that I did it, I was so embarrassed. I was so bad at coming in at the right way that I ended up getting within 2000, 2000, but doing it by like doing a weird sort of U-turn like you around the target. Cause like <laughs> I suck at actually getting to where I'm supposed to go. So and now I took a Fed Eagle uh, named Sanderling's Pride because it's the, the Fed Eagle that the build that Sanderling gave me. And oh my God, like it's super maneuverable. And I'm not sure that's good for speed bowling because if you suck at driving, like, I mean, I think if you're a great pilot, that's awesome. If you're not a great pilot, P.S. I'm not a great pilot. Holy shit, is that hard to do? Um, so, yeah, I came in every time. I never once crashed, but I came in every time at this weird, like, I was... I was doing some Asian driving where like I circled the place I was supposed to be and eventually made it to sort of within the range. But at that point I was backwards. Uh, Base, you have some, you have a shout out you want to make. I was going to just say like shout outs to primetime casual, man. He He's the, the founder of speed bowling from what I understand. And yep. um, it just, it's, it's super fun. And, um, I noticed you mentioned Sanderling also, and Sanderling's awesome. <laughs> oh, they, I mean, just two of the world's most awesome hooners, uh, and there are others as well. And now I'm watching Arson spin like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. I've had way too much to drink to see that spin without it really being <laughs> bothering to me. Uh, yeah, Sanderling. I fucking love that. That guy is that nuts. Dude. Yeah, he's he is an awesome guy. And also, too, if you ever come over to the Elite Week Discord sometime and hang out when Sanderling pops in and we play, we just go to a jukebox channel and we play like awesome like, like rock music while we do really stupid things in ships. It's 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 a load of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but primetime casual. God damn, you fucking awesome, crazy German. I love you, dude. You you're you are one of the bright lights of this game that like primetime casual whether he's hooning and and doing the stuff with with uh uh speedball or whether he's doing his awesome very awesome primetime casuals uh guide to the galaxy which if you're not for everyone right now go to youtube go to primetime casual like type in primetime casual and then subscribe to his channel. His Guide to the Galaxy is amazing. His taste in music is fantastic. He even did a thing a while back where he filmed himself like eating chocolates or some shit. And it was like, 
I, I dig you, you crazy little fucking German. Big salute. I love you, dude. You're you're awesome. Um, and and the fact like he's a very very chill, cool guy in real life. Like I told Arson, uh, not Arson, Roy. Again, I'm a little drunk. I told Roy like, <laughs> hey, because Roy was like, oh shit, I didn't follow all of the rules with my submission. Because uh, we were all filming and I, we all did the same thing. We filmed it run. You look over to the right panel to get your name. You then you're at zero speed. You're within this like under 200 kilometers up. Kilometers, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. You follow all the rules. We did all the stuff. But we all forgot the part where you're supposed to first look at the galaxy map and then show system the map. date and time. Yeah. Whatever. System yeah. time, date and time thing. And then like like oh this is official so roy like none of us the rest of us just did it for funsies and for the camaraderie of the elite week group roy actually was like man submit my time i think i did good on this run and like you did and you didn't have that date and time system map thing and prime time was like dude you're not in the top 10 it's okay here come we accept your thing he's just a cool guy and so I love him. Um, yeah, that was cool. Baze, you had a question? Yeah. yeah, do you guys know what the results were? Like, who was... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, hang on, I can pull it up. Um, so the top people were, like, I think within... They might have actually hit 99 point something percent of the maximum possible speed. Mm. Uh, so the, the winner here... Let me open this up big enough. Um... Phoebia in a Viper uh, named Sharona. Viper, Viper uh, Mark III is definitely the one. That's the meta, like, yeah. Yeah, that's the meta. Uh, 3660 was the speed, and the altitude mm -hmm. was 0.048. So I think that's 4.8 meters off the dirt. Um, Jesus. <laughs> which yeah. is crazy. He was yeah. low enough. He was low enough that, you know, if you pee, you have to worry about it splashing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I was way down the list at I was I came in like 36 at a speed of 3396. I was in well, a, you took I was, your run. I well, yeah, and I was in a Cobra Mark IV. I was looking for maybe this is the one good thing it's you know mm. useful for. Uh, I'll give you this it it you know glanced off the ground three times in a row and survived, so there was that. It's a it's a pretty beefy uh speed bowler ship, maybe not the fastest, but it was pretty chunky. And you did a run in your Beluga or Orca. One of the I did two. a run in the Orca as well. Um, and it wasn't as good. So no, the Cobra no, wasn't was good. good. Yeah. Yeah. We had a great time. It was awesome. It was, here's the thing. This is kind of useless nonsense. Man, is it fun. And that's what video games are supposed to be, right? So like, we had so much fun. I want to give a big salute to Primetime Casual for making this thing. Uh, it's the truest, the esprit de corps of elite is let's do some nonsense and have some fun. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to the next awesome nonsense fun thing. Arson, why don't you get us started on the, uh, play the trailer for the, uh, Scarab Mastery, SRV Mastery Championship. Absolutely, I will be happy to do that for you. There up on the screen is the schedule for it where it shows all the different things. There's different events. 
basically what you're going to see here is in the in the intro is like here's the trailer for it this is a multi-discipline series of events where you have oh climbing up walls and doing canyons and doing this maneuver and doing that maneuver it's all of the different possible things that you can do in an SRV go Scarab is the definition of a workhorse. Tough. Reliable. Able to take a beating and keep on running. But what she really wants is to fly. All right, right off the bat, we've got, uh, so there's the, we have the schedule that we just showed you on the screen. You just saw the uh, trailer for it. In the show notes, we have the event info link, which you can click on it and get the, the information. We've got the forum thread where you can go and read the whole details of how it works. And we've got the Discord, most importantly. Go to the Discord. Tell them you want to get in on this. This is amazing shit. Now, Black Maze gets top quality production levels with the the camera work and the whatever. Um, he works with that other guy that I can't remember his name just right at the moment, but he does phenomenal stuff with the programming side of like getting all of the information for each of the contestants um it's absolute top quality this is basically an interdisciplinary event where you know one week you're going to have climbing up walls and next week you'll have doing this kind of canyon running this week next week you'll have this kind of flying next week you'll have this kind of like tight turning through gates and whatever it's all of the different aspects that make up amazing SRV control. And it is a beautiful player-made event. Base, get in on this. I the one of the things that has actually kept me around in Elite Dangerous is the the events that the community puts together. You know, the the game itself offers us, you know, some you know content. Yeah, you know, we have 
the combat, we have the missions, we have the BGS stuff, we have power play. Um, but the player made events are, in my opinion, the driving force of mm-hmm. Elite Dangerous and what makes it continuously fun. So, like, if anybody's new to Elite Dangerous, just get in on these. Look for them; they're everywhere, <laughs> and they're they're really fun. Absolutely, this game. I feel like you know. Okay, David Braben owns it, but like, we make it. Like he literally, God, God love David. God love Frontier. They are like, okay, we're other people say they're going to be a sandbox. We're really going to be a sandbox. Here it is. Just do whatever you like. And they support the people that like do cool stuff with it. And yeah, I love that. Arson. Are you muted? The the, the chat saying mute. I'm wondering. Take your shots, everybody. everybody. Take a drink. Take a drink. Arson was muted. Hold on. Down in one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So I was just going to say for for everybody that thought that the eight wheel drive videos that Black Maze was putting out were super exciting, this is going to be something you're going to be sitting on the edge of your seat. Because you saw some of the footage in, in the actual trailer there we're not going to be just watching people drive hundreds of kilometers in a straight ish line fliving. We're going to be watching obstacle manipulation and avoidance and all kinds of stuff. And I am so pumped. I am issuing right now a challenge. If you're listening to this show and many people do go do this. What the hell? Like, Here's the worst that can happen is you learn a new skill. The best that can happen is you get e-famous. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Next up. Arson, we have another segment. Play the intro for it. And now it's time for Tweets Tip, Tip, Tip of the Week. That's the tip. All right, tonight's tip of the week, ladies and gentlemen. There are so many new commanders out there, and they need to know this, but every day in OPEX, I come across veteran commanders that seem to forget this, not just OPEX, but many other squadrons throughout the galaxy. Please, 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 when you're flying around the bubble doing your daily dues, any NPC ship that comes anywhere near you, scan it. Lock on to that thing, scan it, and you will be amazed at how often you fill up on that data material that you just don't even think about. I I was with a buddy the other day, and he's like, man, how do you always have so much? I'm like, I don't know. I just scan every ship. And he's like, oh, wow, I forgot to do that totally. Just remember, scan those ships. And that is it for this week. Simple and easy. Hell yes. All right, moving on. Real Life Science. Real life science. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's start off with some stuff that was in Space Time Podcast, Season 23, Episode 126, on November 25th, 2020. Right off the bat, let's start. Oh, shit. Science drama. Here we go. Sag A star spin measured for the first time. It's much slower than expected. Uh, the only two measurements that we can possibly get with current technology from a black hole is the time and of the spin rate and the mass 
uh, because we don't have any technology to discern any more than that. A black hole basically uh, is impossible to discern more uh, than than that because you know it's sort of near infinite density and zero volume because it's a black hole. So what we know about Sagay Star, the black hole in the middle of our galaxy, is that uh, it's located 27,000-odd light years away from us. It has an estimated mass of 4.3 million times that of our sun. And uh, recent findings published by the Astrophysical Journal Letters surprisingly show that the spin rate is far slower than was previously suspected. Mr. Avi Loeb from the Harvard Center for Astrophysics led a team of astrophysicists in a study to determine the rate of spin by observation of its S-stars. And you might be asking, what the hell is an S-star? They're stars that orbit near the black hole at up to several percent of the speed of light, which can... Uh, constrain and place limits on the spin rate of the actual black hole. These stars tend to be gathered in two distinct orbital planes, and Loeb states that the data gathered from the properties of these S stars indicate that the spin rate of Sag A star is probably less than 10% of the speed of light. This data is being incorporated into plans for the Event Horizon Telescope that is supposed to study Sagay star and give us some sort of ideas on how galaxies work. This shit is too big for my brain right now. It's crazy. What I want to know is, you know, following the, the, the line of questioning earlier from Roy, like, are we going to get S type stars? These crazy super going three or four percent the speed of light stars like orbiting around saggy star crazy to watch and fly right yeah. like imagine if if frontier were to say like okay this is 100 beyond question this is accepted scientific data we're gonna put in now we already have stuff like rogue stars comets rogue planets there are shit that is i know from talking personally to dr k much love to Dr. K. They are in the game in the, what do you call it? Uh, database? The, the Forge? Stellar Forge. They're in the yeah. Stellar Forge, but they don't, they're not, like Frontier has a little checkbox where they're like, do you show this? No, because it's hard. So like, there's stuff that's out there that we don't get to see. Imagine if Frontier were to flip a switch and say, yeah, we're turning on these S-type stars. You're going to see crazy stars that come in and out of systems that are, I don't even... You need some smart people for that shit. It's beyond me. But, like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, there's a link to the Science News Astronomy Sagittarius A spin. Go check it out. That's that's crazy shit. Uh, Arson, you have something on this? Yeah, I, I just I've been to New Africa. For those that haven't, go check it out. Um, the the whole, hollow. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the whole idea of just being in a star system, exploring, and you feel scooping, and then all of a sudden, a freaking mm -hmm. star just flies through the system. Oh my god, that would just be amazing. 
And crazily enough, the S stars, they actually changed their, uh, like certain aspects of their, what do you call it? Their, like their stellar makeup, what they do based on where they are. Like it's, it's crazy. I don't know how you make that work, but holy shit. All right. Next story. We got Europa glows in the dark. So the Jovian moon, which means it's a moon of Jupiter, uh, is now thought to glow in the dark. And it's probably got a blue-green glow, uh, according to NASA JPL Pasadena Laboratory. This is caused by Europa being bombarded by electrons from other radioactive particles from Jupiter. Uh and they interact with the magnesium sulfate ice shell that surrounds the planet or well moon completely covering the water world that lies with its depths underneath so basically europa you know and that's from everybody take a drink it's from 2001 2010 you know all those planets belong to you but stay the fuck out of europa mm-hmm. it's uh it's a moon of jupiter that has a hard ice shell of basically very very similar to like those um uh what do you call it epsom salts that you put in the bath it's this this sulfate material so it's got a hard ice shell underneath an absolute complete water world of a moon and underneath that is the planetary rocky core roy do you have uh something about europe i was just thinking like does this mean i mean i wonder how far that how far into the ice shell that that radiation goes i wonder if the, if it actually could get to the underside of the shell and be like a light source in this underground ocean is that a thing uh i think it just hits the shell i, I don't think i think underneath the shell is a different chemical makeup but i mean you're gonna have to talk to some nasa type dudes for, <laughs> for that sir i don't know i'm just answering based off of what i read from the article which was very very cool uh, and there's a link to the actual article, www.jplnasa.gov stuff, in the mm. show notes. Go go, go check it out. Cool. Also, also this week, the ESA, the uh, European Space Agency, began an inquiry into the recent loss of the Vega rocket. Mission VV-17 ended in failure on November 17th when Stage 4 ignition failed to execute within parameters. Hmm. Payload consisted of two satellites, the Spanish CIOSAT Ingenio for the European Space Agency that was to study the ground imaging and land levels to study environmental factors and, you know, basically like like rising sea levels, etc. The second satellite was a microsatellite um, called Tiranis for the French Space Agency CNES which was slated to study sprites and elves. Remember earlier I told you that was going to happen? No shit, I wasn't lying. Sprites and elves, which are apparently atmospheric electrical phenomenon that tend to occur mostly high above thunderstorms and that they were apparently named by some researchers with quite a sense of whimsy. So basically, I guess when you get a thunderstorm above it, like high up, like almost in atmospheric levels, you get these weird electrical discharges that the scientists named sprites and elves. Crazy. Cool stuff. Yeah. Tweak, tell us a little bit about the Chinese Long March rocket. 
Yeah, the, the, those crazy Chinese, they're at it again. A Chinese Long March 5 rocket is being prepped to land a probe on the moon. They uh, have a mission, the Chang'e 5 mission, consists of four modules. Going to send it up to the moon, collect a bunch of samples, and bring it back. And it's all supposed to happen within 23 days. Uh, didn't really say what kind of samples they were hoping to get or what we were going to learn, but more information is a good thing. So here's yeah. hoping for a successful mission by the Chinese this time around. Hell yeah, man. Good stuff. They're 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 doing their thing, man. Arson, tell us a little bit about SpaceX Crew Dragon One. Yeah, so uh a short and sweet one. They uh had a little surprise in the cockpit that uh some news people couldn't uh refrain from speaking about. Those of us watching The Mandalorian should recognize it. But you can see Baby Yoda flying around in the cockpit uh as their zero G uh test uh indicator. object. Yeah, indicator, there we go. And uh I thought it was quite hilarious. Yeah. It, it, it's it's actually a NASA tradition that the crew gets to choose a small object which they put like locked away in a bag or somewhere where you don't see it, and they surprise everybody with the zero G indicator, which because the people in the capsule are all locked in their seats, so they're not moving around, but they unzip the little bag and let fly whatever they've got, and in this case, it was a baby Yoda, which was super cute, and it floated around, which told Mission Control they have a achieved zero G. Um, yeah, totally cute. Uh, base. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a bit of a spoiler, so I'll say Oh, that. no, no spoilers, no spoilers. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I'm not really making good judgments at this moment, so we'll go with what the rest of the crew says. <laughs> Roy, let's just say this, guys. If, if you haven't seen it yet, and if you're a Star Wars fan... Oh my God! You gotta watch this week's Mandalorian. It was so Spectacular good. Spectacular Star Wars. I haven't watched it yet. I'm watching it after this. Shush. Fair enough. All right, Roy. After yeah. show party. Tell us, the, tell us about a little bit about the the rise of SpaceX, Elon Musk, engineering. Yeah, there's a link in the show notes for a, a really awesome uh, documentary video uh, mm -hmm. that's sort of beginning to end history of SpaceX and Elon Musk's team and his journey and. Um, Gosh, if you were if you'd ever lost faith in this crap show of a year that there could be committed, intelligent people doing really awesome things for humanity, uh, this will restore it. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, I I was really intrigued by this too because there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff that I mean I'm sure those of us who are enthusiasts about this have seen all kinds of footage already about SpaceX, but. Um, uh, they found some more. Uh, there's some great shots of the manufacturing inside mm -hmm. their facility, which looks like you could, uh, uh, I don't know, perform surgery on the floor as clean as a uh, clean a place that is. And um, the other one I thought was really neat was because I hadn't seen a video because uh, they didn't publish it at the time, I don't think, of the abort test they did where the, yeah. the, the dragon module sort of pulled away from uh, the the you know, the, the booster, and then mm -hmm. the, the booster, you know, uh, blew up, as was kind of expected, because once you take the nose off the thing, it goes unstable. But the point was that the Dragon capsule flew away properly, and it's a board test, and you can, it's a really engaging piece of the video where you see it pulling away from this thing, and then the rest of it mm -hmm. blowing up behind it, and wow, that would be a, a 
a brown pants ride if you had to take that trip, but it so, worked properly. Yeah, that was all done. That was actually out. You could see the video. I watched it when it happened live. Okay, um, I, I missed months that ago. one. So maybe there's so, others who, who uh, NASA, like me, haven't, haven't seen 100% of all the videos, but it's comprehensive, yeah. I guess, is the point. Is they've got Very much so. So much stuff in this video. It's just uh, a really good feel-good thing to watch if you're a space enthusiast. So I'd highly recommend it. So NASA required that, actually. They, oh, yeah. That was part of the mission thing that NASA said, you have to do a fail. So basically what NASA said was, before we give you human beings to put into, you know, sort of thousands of pounds of explosives and, and a rocket, uh, we need you to show us that if it doesn't go well, our people are not going to become a wet spot on the cement. And so, yeah, they they on purpose failed a launch so that they could demonstrate our emergency escape route will work and yeah. they it worked perfectly for the yeah. record i i just want to state and this will yes i'm buzzed but this will blow your mind if you seriously think about it in the history of mankind there are four entities that have launched a capsule into high orbit and returned it to Earth safely. Those four entities are the United States of America, the Soviet Union, the People's Republic of China, and Elon Musk. One yeah. of these things is not like <laughs> the others. One of these things just doesn't belong. Uh, he'll shit, he'll have a country soon enough. <laughs> Yeah, on, no, on Mars. No, he won't. He won't because he stated already, I do not want to run for political office because everyone was asking him to. He said, I don't want to run for political office until it's president of Mars. I'll take that job. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Fucking A. Talk about big dick energy. God damn. <laughs> All right. Arson, you got a comment. Yeah, I just want to point out, you know, as a lee young rui serious gov supporter kind of person <laughs> elon musk is kind of the embodiment of the creation of space-born mega corporations and mm. we are literally watching the creation yeah. of that in real life and the fucked up thing is we're all celebrating <laughs> <laughs> me, no, no. See here. Part of me says yes, you're right, but the other part of me says Elon Musk is not proto Lee Yon Rui. Elon Musk is Iron Man. <laughs> Where's the Come suit, on, man? He's totally fucking. What's that guy's name? Tony Stark. Tony Stark. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> the next thing. The next thing was. Roy stories. We now return to our Inara Commanders series with Unisak Ashiro's Unbound, Part 11, Alliance. It's an honor to meet you, Lieutenant Rhodes. Pleasure's all mine, Viscountess Langley. Please have a seat. Thank you, Lieutenant. Rhodes hated Imperials, despised their mannerisms. These people wouldn't even take a dump without decorum. Am I right to presume that this meeting is about more than just handover of Sir Vargas' ship? Asked Langley. As a matter of fact, it is, said Rhodes. 
I would like to offer you my assistance in apprehending a fugitive of both the Empire and the Federation, the Imperial slave Sakashiro, whom I believe Sir Vargas was looking for on behalf of your organization. I'm afraid you are a misinformant, Lieutenant Rhodes. Imperials choose slavery voluntarily. They certainly do not run away from it. It's a matter of honor. Rhodes began to lose patience. Miss Langley, we found records on Vargas' ship proving that he worked for the Imperial Slave Association. He did, but hurting slaves was not part of his contract with us, I assure you. The Empire treats slaves with respect and dignity. There is no reason for them to... Miss Langley, you are wasting both your time and mine. If I jettisoned a cargo bay full of Imperial slaves into the vacuum of space right now... Imperial authorities wouldn't give a fuck, because in that shithole you call an empire, killing a slave is not considered a crime. So please, spare me this bullshit and put your imperial propaganda where the sun doesn't shine, okay? Langley was stunned by his rudeness, but quickly recovered. She chuckled. The irony of federal authorities requesting help from the ISA to capture a runaway slave isn't lost on me, Lieutenant. It makes me wonder, is this really about bringing a criminal to justice? Or is it about seeking revenge for a dead childhood friend and a sister that was turned into a widow? Rhodes' jaw muscles tightened. Langley spent a moment watching his reaction with visible amusement. Then she continued. I am willing to accept your offer, Lieutenant Rhodes. All right. Let's see where that offer goes, Lieutenant Rhodes. Lieutenant Rhodes, you ain't got no... No, maybe that's something else. Never mind. Uh, all right. Community questions. Let's start off with, uh, for discussion topics, community question one, open only BGS and power play. This was discussed on the AMA. There was a statement from Bruce who was like, I'm kind of in favor of it. Let's talk about this. Let's think about it. Before the show, we did a little informal questionnaire of the group. And what we got was all of us are in favor of <laughs> uh, open-only BGS and power play. So I'm going to say this right from the bat. I am going to argue the opposite side, but I don't believe I'm in favor of BGS and power play. But I'm going to argue the opposite side because somebody has to. So why not this idiot? All right. Here, I'm going to make the, the argument for open only or against open only BGS and power play. And that argument is this. There are some players who, through no fault of their own, with their internet situation or their lack of man-upness, who don't want to play in open, they want to play in solo. And as a result of that, they were told that they could get into all of the different things. And let's say you're a guy who totally wants to, you know, do open, but you just have bad internet connection. And it's not fair for you to get your ability to play an open taken away from you. Um, here we go. Tweaked. Why is open? Oh. Why is solo not fair? Okay. Let me try to put this out in the easiest terms I can. Mm -hmm. If my faction is in a system and has a war, so there's, say, three conflict zones in that system, right? Mm -hmm. And we have 25 guys that are working it steadily. 
and open. So that's 25 times three CZs, do the math, okay? Now there's 25 guys playing in solo. You know how many CZs that brings up? Three for every instance, which means you cannot, you, you logistically cannot battle against people fighting you in solo because it creates so many more instances for them to get into. They can do more work than what those of us in open can do. Even with 25 guys in open, you can each only do so many CZs because you can only get in them at the same time. If the instance is still going, you can't start a new one in solo. You do not have that problem. So it brings up so many more instances. You can't do the math to battle it in open. Not without having about four times the number of people that are working it in solo. That's a fair point. Arson, hop in on power play. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with, with Tweaked on that. My, my big, big thing is... You've got power play, which obviously the BGS is is competitive as well, but the whole thing was designed and implemented as a way to encourage PvP, but a huge majority of the people are just doing it from from private groups and solo mode. And, you know, if, if you're going to have meaningful PvP in, in a game on a mechanic that's designed for meaningful mm -hmm. PvP... You gotta make it so people have to PvP to do it, or at least expose themselves to risk of PvP. So I, I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense. I miss that. Matter base. Um, but we kind of talked about this a little bit mm -hmm. uh, the other day, but the, and I don't know if this is even possible. But uh, open weighted rather than open only, <laughs> uh, I think could be. Another thing, I know there's some complications there. Like if somebody picks up a mission in solo, finishes it, and then goes into open just to turn it in, you know that could be a problem. Um, but well, they could they could definitely put a limiter on it where there's the, it basically it's like a what what are those pH sticks? It's like a pH you know uh, stick where like if at any point during from when you accept the mission to when you execute the the turn in of the mission, if the stick turns pink. Like, okay, well, then that counts for yeah. the lower. And there, there are different states uh, in mm -hmm. the transaction tab, right? When you complete it, it actually marks it as complete. But um, mm -hmm. part part of the, the reason why solo and private group are a little tough to combat, uh, especially when you have a player or a player minor faction, um, is there, there, I mean, I don't like to say it, but there is bodying. Uh, involved in, in like yeah, that can happen like somebody could move in and just completely decimate your bgs all the work that you've done um not even actually playing the game and <laughs> i mean let's be honest if you're talking about that as a thing the ability to do that just got way wider over the last week because you could literally create 300 accounts with throwaway gmail accounts and free epic and do that mm -hmm. All right. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and uh, it, from my perspective, and this is just real quick bouncing off of uh, the, the last comment, it was uh, BGS and power play, whether you like it or not, is player versus player. It's not direct necessarily, but it is player versus player. And to mm -hmm. hide yourself seems a little unfair. Yeah, I mean, it's it is indirect PV. 
E in the sense of player versus everyone in that some people are going to be like you're you're just throwing your contribution out there into the stream of the multiverse and people are going to be working with you against you and all flavors and combinations of that arson. Yeah, I just just wanted to touch on the botting thing as well, since it was brought up that that is something that uh, a few years ago was actually proven a, a group did this a massive amount of research where they actually successfully tracked bot accounts. Um, and what was really interesting was that the bot accounts wind up uh, whoever owned them, they apparently were so confident in what was happening that eventually they did go ahead as kind of a big middle finger. They started running them in open and it's, it's unfortunate because we, we don't really have the ability to, to prevent that. Somebody runs a bot in solo. It's, it's invulnerable. You can't, you can't combat that. And no amount of work is going to compete with 24 seven automated Mm contributions Roy I um I come at this from the standpoint that to the degree that it is an MMO this is what the game offers in terms of end game content in its complexity mm-hmm. and difficulty and objectives and um, just as in a regular MMO you wouldn't I don't think people would tolerate it if uh, some parties had the full experience and other parties could stealth just be invisible and walk past the hard parts you know, mm-hmm. if, if, this is not meant necessarily for brand new players. And I think part of the, I mean, there's lots of reasons to play solo private group, but some of it, aside from just play style choice, um, I think is a useful a useful way to, for people to kind of gradually get into uh, PvP or the more dangerous aspects of the game. Um, so that they're not just thrown into the deep end. But that's more of a defensive strategy. It shouldn't be allowing them to be offensive in an end game content sense like that's where i think it gets abused so if it is if it is meant for um higher level players um then it should be a level playing field and everybody should have the same rules that's what i think well right said right. tweaked now, I, I would just also add that i do i i do know a few commanders that occasionally you know uh, one of my our co-founders of Opix actually is a truck driver. So a lot of times he'll be out on the road and when he's on the road, he is on his uh, cell signal, so to speak. So he had great signal and he can't get in large parties. He can't get in big wings or it'll crash his game. So in those instances, he will go to solo, but, but I think those instances are fewer and far between in reality, more people that are, BGS focused hide in solo as opposed to having problems with their connections. So I do agree. Some kind of waiting of, of some kind is, is probably the best answer to include everybody. But for the reasons stated, it, it is a problem if, right. if it, if a certain group wants to make it a problem. Days. Uh, th- there is one uh, other big glaring issue with like the weighted, um, open versus solo and private getting like lower lower returns for their missions mm. which is that currently and and i like to try and approach any kind of like feature request or anything like that from a perspective of what's in the game right now mm-hmm. and mm. in its current state solo private and open the only difference is that there's commanders there there's no there's no real segregation 
in those you know in those uh different modes so that that kind of makes it tough to to mm. to try and say weighted versus open only so let's look at let's let's just you know because every last person here is because i am as well i made the argument in favor of keeping solo mode but let's let's just look at brass tacks here frontier cannot get out of this without screwing someone over okay that's just a hard reality now either you screw over the groups of players who are saying my truck driver friend like tweet said my 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 connection is no good i can't do this and you're going to screw them over you're going to hurt them there's no getting around that. There's no avoiding that. Or you go the route of you, the, the vast majority of the players who want to have meaningful power play, meaningful BGS, and they're saying, you're screwing me over by allowing this other guy to bot in solo or to just completely avoid all of the complexities of the game that exist and get to do power play which by its nature the purpose of power play and the purpose of bgs is to affect the overall galaxy but to do it while they're in cocoon mode where they can't be touched now i would argue in all all fairness i would argue that honestly if you have to screw over one or the other i think making the decision to make bgs and power play open only screws over less people to a less effect and, and here's why. Those people who want to play or have to play solo only because of their connection, internet, whatever, the blah, 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 all of the different things, they can still make all the money. You, they still have the same missions available in solo, and they make all the money. But if they don't touch the BGS, and you keep that for players who are dedicated to the ideal of I want to interact with the greater uh, world, the greater galaxy that is being created here. Yes, you make a decision that screws over X number of people. But if you don't, if you maintain it as it is, you screw over a larger number of people to a larger extent. Arson, you're going to get the last thought and then we got to wrap this up on this yeah. I was just going to say, I think that this particular debate is becoming more and more important because as the game is progressing, I am noticing that the population of people in open play is, is dramatically increasing. And I feel that the curve of that increase has been raising a lot more as of late. And, you know, not everybody plays uh, the game and participates in all of the content creation out here. What what's going to happen when some of these people are realize oh I'm fighting against ghosts with invisible cloaking devices like yeah mm. so here's the thing there's always going to be edge cases corner cases either people saying well it's not fair because he plays in PlayStation and I can't get him in PlayStation or that's not fair because he messes with the TCP IP protocols on his firewall and he makes it to where like I can't get at him even though I'm supposed to be able to get at him. Yeah, I mean, true. That's the thing. There are always going to be stuff like that. But 
if you make it power play open only bgs open only you're going to get rid of a lot of the current problems is is all i'm saying um i don't know and 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 you know i'm a monkey i barely understand what the hell i'm saying as tech as arson just brought up in the fucking <laughs> private chat but like <laughs> it, it, it's it's a thing where it's like yeah you're gonna have people that can whatever but while i just said you could change your firewall settings to whatever i guarantee you right now if you put a gun to my head and said change your firewall settings to where people can't get at you i would just have to eat the bullet because i don't know how to do that and most people don't I think maybe many people don't, whatever. The more that you reduce the ability of people to manipulate things unfairly, the more those people that show up ready to play and say, I'm going to put on my big boy pants and we're going to do this, get a fair shot at doing it the way they want to do it. So let's close this one and bring up community question number two, uh, which is rebalance. Yes, great. But why? The point that I'm making is, I and I don't want this to be misconstrued at all, I am 100% in favor of the rebalance effort that Frontier is making right now. But why? I mean, people say, oh, well, you know, because there's going to be some uh, inflation. What? 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 Inflation where? Inflation how? If I'm buying everything that's meaningful in this game, whether it's an Asp Explorer or a you know, size four multi-cannon, everything I buy, I buy from NPCs. The prices of the Asp Explorer don't go up or down based on the market. The prices of the multi-cannon don't go up and down based on the market. I don't even buy fucking tritium from other players, which I was so excited. I thought, man, this is going to be the thing. They're going to make a real player market. No, I buy tritium from NPCs for 4,000, you know, a ton. Uh, so what's the point of the rebalance as far as like why is it needed and i'm not saying that to shit on fdev i'm saying that from the standpoint of really let's think about it what is the point why inflation isn't really a thing so the only reason why you care about rebalance is number one to a lesser extent you want to keep your players happy that are paying rebuy costs but like we're all rich enough that who gives a shit about rebuy costs we are all rich enough that if you have a fleet carrier you don't really care about the upkeep cost if you're rich enough to have a fleet carrier you make enough money that you're fine with it so why i'm thinking a year from now six months from now two years from now at some point in the future frontier intends to introduce a real player economy where players have the means of production you can build shit and you can sell it to each other at which point, when you're really meaningfully interacting with each other to buy and sell shit, that's when you're going to give a shit about a player economy and inflation. So I'm excited at the thought that maybe all of this is them getting their money right so that in six months, a year, a year and a half, two years, whatever point in the intermediate future they get their shit together, we're ready to have a real player economy. And that excites the living hell out of me. Tweaked, you were first, then Roy. Well, I think a couple things on here. On a personal level, the reason that it's a great thing for the rebalance to be happening now is because hopefully, in theory, I will be able to do what I enjoy most in this game, and that's combat, whether that's PvE or PvP, and make a profit. 
I, I won't be forced to go, eh, I kind of need to buff my balance a little bit. Let's go mining. Got to go mining to make some money. If I want to have fun, I can go shoot some things. If I want to make money, I got to go mining. That hopefully is going to change. And to me, that's a change for the better. But on a grander scale, long term, I think this is healthy for the game. To have brand new players, and there's a lot of them right now, to have them come into the game and be able to move into an anaconda within a week or two of laser mining is just bad for the game. It's bad for those commanders. They don't learn how to fly the small to medium ships. They don't learn how to fly defensively. Most of them don't even learn how to land without an auto dock anymore. And and in my my personal opinion, I think it's great for them to have to work a little bit and work their way up through the ships. It's a way of uh, education, so to speak, of how to actually go about in this game. And it's better for commanders. Most of the commanders that move into an anaconda real quick, actually, believe it or not, end up leaving the game. They don't stay long-term. They get bored. They think, oh, I've done it all. Time to go find something else to play. Whereas those that don't, they, they tend to stick around a little longer. Sweet. I love you. And I'm not disagreeing with anything that you just said, but a very good portion of what I just heard was kids these days with their rap music and their pants down around their ankles. <laughs> Roy. Well, let me, let me throw another log on that fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, look, uh, there's lots of different reasons people play games like this. I think though that um, this game uh, satisfies a couple of things. Uh, obviously, Flying spaceships, uh, exploring, uh, it's kind of a power fantasy, which I think a lot of MMOs allow you to play out power fantasies, power fantasies around all kinds of different things. And I'm reminded of, um, actually with a quote from uh, Robert Fo- Robert Frost, American, the American poet Robert Frost, and my father was always uh, fond of quoting, which was, you know, what's the definition of freedom? And he said, it's, it's, um, it's being easy in your harness or riding easy in the harness. And the idea there is um, in order to, and I'm going to tie this back to like the power fantasy in the game. It, it, it feels legit. It feels like a sense of accomplishment when you've actually had to overcome some constraint. Um, like what you were just saying about anybody who owns a fleet carrier by now, they can easily afford anything. Well, there's no constraint there. And, and that actually takes away fun. And if the primary goal of the game is fun, I hope that in the course of this balancing, and maybe this isn't popular, but I hope you can see it from the standpoint of increasing fun is get these things balanced so that all the different game loops can take you somewhere. But I hope it's not all to bring things up to a level where, um, you know, people go from Sidewinder to Fleet Carrier within, you know, whatever it was Astro was able to do. And Mm. because it's the journey along the way of, of, getting over these obstacles and really feeling the sense of accomplishment as you move up through different ships. And, um, you know, people who played the game for four or five years have that experience. People that are playing it now, they're coming into a kind of a broken system where unless they have some, um, recognition of this, um, this merit of, Mm. of experiencing all the different levels of the game and they have the discipline to make themselves do that. And they just want to go for the, you know, let's get the cookie quick. Um, they're going to miss out on all of that. So I think that's what can be corrected here is put the game back in order so that you can really feel a sense of accomplishment when you get, you know, insert dream ship here. Um, that, that's what I'm hoping for. So number one, that was really well said. And number two, I just want to point out to the listeners of Elite Week, 
Only here will you get power panties to Robert Frost in one <laughs> sentence. One degree of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Matter base. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, a lot of it was already said, but yeah, the new commanders coming in, um, I think these changes are more for them than than us that have been playing for a long time. And I, mean, I think the, the people that, you know, have played this game for a while need to just recognize that and, and understand that that's a thing. Um, on the note about, like, players getting into an anaconda and just never playing the game anymore, I actually have a friend who got the game got into an anaconda in like two weeks and is like, all right, well, I did everything. Legitimately said that. <laughs> and he doesn't play the game anymore. Uh, it happens a lot. Game. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and then on the desired gameplay loops, um, which is another one of my notes here that <laughs> I was going to talk about, but you guys beat me to it. Um, I don't like to mine. <laughs> I want to do combat, but I also need money in the game so I can buy ships and pay for my rebuys. And it is it, to say that, and I've I've heard a couple of people saying like mining doesn't need to be nerfed. Like, how are we going to make money? So on and so on. It's like, man, <laughs> step in my shoes for a minute. What what if mining wasn't good? What if you hated combat and you had to do combat in order to make money? Hmm. Like that's it, it's it's still unfair the the amount uh, the amount that you can make from mining compared to a lot of the other stuff that you're. Like think Thargoid combat, for example, you're risking so much mm -hmm. to for pennies <laughs> compared to what you would get in mining, which is almost not even a risk. And what you're talking about is not a crazy hypothetical. What you're talking about is 2016 to 2017. Literally, there was a roundtable discussion in 2016 in which Yamex made the statement, oh, yeah, you know. Maybe we'll have to go mining for money. And him and, and Down to Earth Astronomy were laughing their ass off because at that time, at 2016 to 2017, everybody mm -hmm. knew if you wanted to make money, you could do, there was combat as, as an alternative, but the real money was Rubigo uh, and and mining paid dog shit. And yeah, so, so, yes. Fault. <clears throat> so, well, <laughs> everything can be, but no. In in fairness, in, in, in reality, the fact of the matter is, is everything goes in cycles the time of mining has been for so long that there are so many people that don't remember anything else. And the fact of the matter is, is what we should be striving, striving for, what we should be hoping for is some form of balance such that the miners can be happy and the combatters can be happy and the mission runners can be happy and the explorers can be happy. Arson. Yeah, I, I just I'm gonna latch onto that mission runner statement. Um, my favorite part when I started this game because there there wasn't a money meta back then. Like the money meta was getting a trade route that actually maintained supply for a thousand credits a ton of profit, uh, assuming you weren't okay trading slaves. Uh, and as a result, I enjoyed mission running a lot, and I am looking forward to not just the combat rebalance because uh, i i love combat i do it like you know uh once every 30 45 minutes i'll kill a ship that's killing me or attempting to kill me on my mission running but i want to see the step after combat when they do mission running rebalances i hope um because the right the low end scale is is still it needs a little bit of love right I, I think another reason for balance is that uh, 
you know, it's been said earlier in the show, and we've said it numerous times before, and it's not even a unique thought about this game, that how awesome the community is. And a lot of people log into this game to hang out with their friends on top of flying spaceships and doing all this other stuff. And the, I guess the double-edged nature of that is it covers it covers for a lot of inadequacies of the game. Like if you didn't have a community to hang out with, if there wasn't all these player-generated events, if there wasn't all these player-generated third-party apps, holy cow, like would the game actually stand on its own? And and I think it's worth reflecting on that because this is the, they're trying to fix some serious infrastructure here. And what's giving them the time and the, the buffer to do that is we're all happy just hanging out with each other and finding the good aspects that we can of the game to play, which are still awesome. And people have made it awesome because it's a sandbox, but they really ought to fix this stuff um, to make the game right on its own. 100%. We are so crazy over time, so we're just going to jump right into the feedback section. Roy, get it started. Yeah, okay. So uh, quite a bit of feedback from last week. Uh, let's kick it off from uh, Bill Barnes today. Um, uh, and this, I think, was in, in relation to some of the stories about the Alliance. Is Alliance being Space Canada. Brilliant. Also, the 10 thumbs up bit wrecked me as much as I did not want it to. But the open only thing, Kai, that's a dangerous box to open. And you opened it. Opened it. Get it? Anyway, like you guys said on the stream last night, that's a very troublesome proposal, opening all sorts of holes uh, needing patching. This was like the open-only proposal. I don't mm -hmm. think it's the way to go, but I definitely would play more if there was uh, a consensual PvP mechanic, only at stations or similar. I'm pro BUGS open-only, but that also leaves problems where you can block landing pads and stuff. And only one larging pad, uh, large landing pad and a rescue mega ship. And Well, there's just so much bad that could happen. It's an amazing undertaking, and many would not be happy about it. I got friends who probably quit the game if it was open-only. Realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. Not enough incentive for uh fdev to make that change anyway bgs only and power play though is a more realistic proposal uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret i didn't really mean that we should kill open only i was trying to open up sort of a a loop of discussion that would lead to people percolating on ideas of hmm. what you could do to in two in both cases in the open only group how you can make things a little more friendly to the Care Bears and take away some of the stuff, such as you can make it to where when you land on a mega ship that has one pad only, after 20 seconds, it throws you into solo mode for the time that you're there on the pad so that the next guy can fucking land already. And also, for the solo players, what you can do to bring in aspects of whatever. It was kind of a disingenuine argument. It was about the idea of, like getting people to think about more stuff mm, but mm. yeah all right go ahead cool. next tweaked you're up next okay next piece of feedback is back to the mud i have a couple of points on the cg fsd debacle i do think that the level to get to the fsd was set too high and that the delivery side of it was badly thought out as it did give those with direct access to the fleet carriers a substantial advantage that said, changing the rules after the CG has already concluded was not a good way to address those issues. Not only did some of us put in the effort and, more importantly, the time to reach the top 25%, but realizing there was no time to complete both CGs, many of us focused on only one. Speaking for me, I could have easily been in the top 75% of both CGs in a quarter of the time it took me to take down the 35 Cyclops I killed to be sure I completed the act side and get one of the special FSDs. 
I've been, I've seen many others on the forum say the same thing. So it's not just that others got what they want, what we want, got what we, that they actually completed the CG get. It's that those that spent an hour doing a couple of deliveries and killing one Cyclops gets more than us that's really engaged with the CG. That is a bit of a slap in the face. What FDev should have done was say, we hear you and we realize we didn't think the CG through properly. So in the near future, we will offer the FSD as a reward in another CG. But as they have already said, they will give everyone in the top 75% one a very reasonable compromise would be to give two to us that completed the CG in the top 25%. And yes, that would mean that those that got into the top 25 in both would get four of the FSDs, and I'm cool with that. Hmm. Even with a fleet carrier and a group to hunt goids with, those guys earned it. Maybe before you jump to the other part of his feedback, I think Bayes wanted to jump in on this. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, one of the compromises that I kept hearing, which I thought was a pretty decent idea, was uh, actually going top 50%. But like, mm. not not necessarily caving to the top seventy five because I, I killed two cyclops and I was in the top seventy five. It was very non linear. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a negotiation in a negotiation, right? Meet in the middle. I, I think top fifty percent was still a struggle uh, for a lot of people, and mm -hmm. and that would have been, I think, a good compromise rather than caving to the seventy five percent request. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you want to finish that one up, tweaks? Certainly. Says sidestep to other topics. I don't think it's the pulse wave scanner that's the problem. The current issue started with the same patch when they tried to stop abusing to SLF to mine the egg. I think they did something to how Matt spawned in and it turned out to be really difficult to fix. I think the best way to encourage open play is to have a functioning justice system. A good start would be that you can't pay off bounties for murder. Also, put bounties on you as a commander instead of on the ships. Severely increase the bounties you incur for killing clean commanders to the rebuy of the ship you destroyed or the rebuy of the attacking ship if it's higher and remove the 2 million credit bounty cap. This isn't a perfect idea, but it is a start to the discussion. Do you have a quick right on, one? Base. Base? Uh, super quick. Yeah, um, we, I, I think I talked about with this with Kai as well. Uh, there is kind of like a player bounty board. And I would love to see them expand on that and use mm. the use the community as the uh, the the sort of crime and punishment system. I think that would be a good move. Mm. Absolutely, Arson, you're up next. Yeah, I'll, I'll trail off that. There are about three threads a week on crime and punishment requests. So uh, Frontier, it's there if you look. Um, but the next piece of feedback comes from Servidian, uh, starting with a disclaimer stating, I'm in the middle of nowhere, therefore not involved <laughs> in current CGs. But reading the above comes off in a particular way. Give those with direct access to fleet carriers a substantial advantage. That's everyone in the game. Owner, passenger, visitor, and it sounds like a faulty case of of offering. Uh, of othering, othering on those who actually own one. Have access to one via friend or squadron locks against those who don't, yet can still act, still work with one that is open to all. AX versus non-AX. Doubt Frontier's picking out AX by intent. Uh, on time, the CG runs for a course of time determining the outcome by the time one put in and not how much of a required goal they put in is a type of barrier that a lot of players probably would be highly uh, abject against for CGs, particularly, the, particularly those that don't have many hours due to work or home obligations. 
Changing rewards after conclusion, however, is not a way to handle anything unless there is a very well-defined, legitimate reason for it. As far as open play, no remarks to make just yet. Uh, the All next right. one uh, was an interchange actually between Greendale and uh, Kai. Uh, Greendale started out with, uh, for the millionth time, Star Citizen is a scam. It is being run by a scammer who is funneling the money to his friends and family. Stop with this stupid tribalism bullcrap. It's not tribalism. It's not our fault that Star Citizen is a scam. Star Citizen is a scam. Speaking the truth is not tribalism. No Man's Sky is a decent game, and people should try it. People should try X4. Star Citizen is a scam, and no one should give money to the project or stream it. To which Kai responded, You're clearly the kind of guy who, when he sees a political commercial for the candidate he doesn't like, screams obscenities at the television in a mall, full of children waiting in line to visit Santa. Now, while many people would, quite correctly point out that this makes you a rage-filled, narcissistic, know-it-all asshat, I personally find it to be just adorable. So keep on shining, you crazy, rage-filled, little font of knowledge. Diamond, you. To <laughs> which she replied, uh, the timestamp for the Dark Wheel update should be closer to 3730 and not 4054. Edit, hmm, maybe the rest of the timestamps aren't correct either. Uh, to which he replied, yes, my tech guy decided to edit out over two minutes of dead air at the beginning of the episode after I'd carefully spent three hours listening to the stream for podcast edits and noting every timestamp. Hence, every timestamp being like 2.5 minutes off, I refuse to do them all over again. But if your OCD will not allow this injustice to stand, then I wholeheartedly support you in your mission to do a better job of all the timestamps with another comment that lights the wisdom, that, that the light of your wisdom may actually got cut off there. But that's, that's as far as we got on that one. I think, uh, I, yeah, probably... And this might just be because I'm drunk. <laughs> Probably I shouldn't tell the people that comment on our show every week that they're an asshat and go away. But like, I don't give a shit. If it's the truth, it's the truth. It is what it is. Ah, Next. I thought it was cute. Tweaked. <laughs> All right. Abex says, in principle, I would be pro-open mode only. And I agree certain things need changing to make that viable. I do not think that an immunity system would be the way to go with this, however. Even if we got it to work somehow, it's just against the spirit of the game, in my opinion. Lore-wise, this wouldn't really work either, since AI commanders are technically the same as players, and you wouldn't want those to be affected by the immunity goggle either. In MMOs, it's common to have level brackets for PvP areas' worlds. I can't think of a way to translate this to Elite, but it does highlight the problem we're trying to solve. On top of that, there are no real safe areas in Elite apart from Meta Station. It's really weird that I feel just as unsafe in an anarchy system as a high security one. Changing the justice system goes some way to mitigate that, but doesn't really solve the whole problem. One way to do it would be to increase the security system or system security presence and have them drop in quickly when you get interdicted. Maybe even with healing beams or really powerful ships to blow up the attacker. It feels a bit too gamey for my taste, but my core stance remains. Secure space should feel safe. Let me hop in real quick just for a moment and say, Abex, that is fucking awesome. I very much agree with that idea. We're going to make a community discussion topic thing next week. The idea of talking about how crime and punishment can be redone because I 100% agree when you're in an anarchy state, you should feel scared because it's whatever when you're in high sec it, I, I, this is the even me, but like high sec should feel safe. Low sec should feel unsafe. 
null sex should feel crazy wild west anything goes and like yeah i i'm i'm down with what you're saying next arson yeah i'm gonna trail off that even me as well i remember when this game started so many people that like solo mode being don't make this game eve and shooting down everything that would have given them the protection to enjoy the game and open. <laughs> the next piece of feedback comes from Mick Steele, and he states, I am a staunch believer in player with player, PWP, also co-op. Uh, to me, that is, was, is what open play is about. I play to escape psychopaths. One thing that I never hear mentioned in the open play debate is that PVPers have no real consequences for murder. The proposal that PVP be opt-in has merit, in my opinion. Yes, it has problems, but it's a bit more obvious that someone is just being a psycho when they have to go uh, to real effort to ruin a player's day. By the way, I just found your podcast today. It has been a major help catching up while I've been offline. I happened across the nice. Gankers Discord channel last year, and I'm afraid salt does make ganking worse. Many of them are paid in salt, and especially enjoy targeting those who choose a differing playstyle, that is, weak ships. Thank you for going to the effort to make the show and research the facts and links. Baze, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, I just want to make a distinguish. Uh, 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 PVPers and gankers, uh, I would say, are not quite the same, but uh, that's my opinion. No, 100%. I, I, would point out, yeah. I would point out that there is actually... So a lot of people just don't understand what the word gankers mean. And they say, oh, this guy, he ganked me. No, he didn't. That's not possible. So the definition of ganker is gang kill. You put the two words together. Gang of people kill you. That is a ganker. If one guy kills you, that could be one of several things. If a guy kills you and you're in a combat ship and he's in a combat ship, that's a PVPer. If a guy kills you and he's in a combat ship and you're in a fucking shieldless type nine because you're that dumb or because, you know, you're in a, you know, a, an exploration paper thin uh, asp exploder, that's a griefer. OK, you could say that, right. but you can't call him a ganker because by definition, it takes a gang to gang kill someone. Now, I'm not saying that griefers aren't assholes. I'm not saying that PVPers aren't assholes if they're non-consensual. But I'm saying that the game puts it in there as a thing, and they're doing it. Now, maybe we could come up with more actual things for PVPers to do. If you remember a couple of weeks ago when I had my whole idea where I said, what we should do is do this thing where we give the PVPers an opportunity through the power play system to reach objectives and to kill people where we've got wolves killing wolves instead of wolves killing fucking care bears. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's whatever, but we don't have that right now. So there's, there's things that we want to make clear what I consider, and this is just me. I'm not saying that this has to be what everybody considers the definition of things. You could choose to say that you don't like my definitions and you assert different ones. Fine. But I consider people that engage in consensual pvp with each other are pvpers people that engage in non-consensual pvp quite often are griefers people that can 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 engage in five people killing one fucking shieldless type nine that's gankers but let's at least get the terminology right so that we're all on the same page mm -hmm. uh arson 
Yeah, on that terminology, I absolutely want to agree there. And I will say the non-consensual PvPers in this community, uh, unfortunately, are majority uh, griefers. Uh, They very much love that salt extraction. Uh, I will say, though, I I do dislike, uh, and I'm not saying this has happened here tonight uh, or even with any of the feedback that we've gotten, uh, but one thing I've noticed is the word griefing seems to have lost its original meaning Uh, where it used to describe repeated, intentional, targeted harassment online and in video games. Um, And, Mm. you know, I I just want to say, like, a lot of the activity in Elite, the non-consensual PvP, is not that traditional definition of griefing. Uh, No, it's just trolling for targets. Yeah, it's one-off trolling for targets, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's so rare. Uh, in fact, I haven't seen it since I did it to somebody that combat logged while winged with me. Um, that that you see somebody repeatedly kill somebody intentionally and targeting them in elite. I, I have yet to hear of it in in years. Well, and and again, so now we get to another question, and this is one that the PVPers slash griefers slash gankers don't like. There is a very strong misconception of what the term combat logging means. Combat logging means you pull the the cord on your router or you, you know, intentionally, I don't even know if Alt F4 works anymore, but you intentionally crash your game. That is combat logging. If, and I don't do this because I run away, get away, and then laugh and taunt because I'm a dick and I have fun doing that to PVPers. But if I go to the menu and choose to log off while you're trying to attack me and I wait the, what is it, like 10, 15 seconds? If I wait the time and I menu log, that is not combat logging. Frontier, and I have a picture of it, Frontier has specifically stated, that's not combat logging, that's completely legal, that's menu logging. Combat logging is when you crash your game or pull the cord on the router to force it to go off without that quote unquote menu log timeout. Mm. So semantics. There's a though. lot of semantics. If you're just quitting the game to get out of being killed, that's the same thing in, in theory. No, you're, you're, it's not yeah. in, in your theory, but not according to Frontier. Frontier has said if you menu log, that's legal. If you pull the cord or crash I, the I, game, I get that. Legal. I get what they're saying, but I'm saying in the honor of the game, yeah, in the, the idea of the game. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah, and if you have your E Bushido, you can feel however you feel about it. But Frontier <laughs> says that there's A and there's B. Just like when the guy comes up and says, I got ganked by this dude. Uh, no, you didn't, because one person does not make a gang, no matter how fat they are. Hmm. Uh, Arson, did you have anything else to add quick? Yeah, I was just going to say that clogging while through the menu menu logging uh is is definitely not against the rules frontier is not going to punish you for exiting the game in the intended manner um i I do have to move it it totally is but i i do have to say that that is actually something that is utilized not really so much in you know the the gank e versus gank er per uh situations because the 15 second timer is not going to save a typical fit from a ganker where it does save somebody from death in pvp is at the high end scale and specifically let's say you have two fdls of skilled pilots facing each other they both know how to evade fire 
you're going to see fights that can get up to 30 minutes or more in duration if, oh, if yeah. they're both super good. And that kind of situation, 15 seconds with four pips to shields on a 6,000 plus megajoule FDL, you're, you're going to get out through the menu log. That timer needs mm. to be increased. 15 yeah, seconds I mean, look is at, not enough. Go watch some of the videos of, uh, of JZOD. Jayzod doesn't go after little bitches. Jayzod likes to go after. He's like, oh, look, there's a great wike. There's a great wike shark over there. I'm going to go over there and kill it. When you see his fights, the level that you're seeing with Hazmango or Jayzod is such that, like, they're going after good players. And in those situations, you see jousting, you see crazy maneuvers, you see 10-minute long-plus fights that shit is legit that is pvp that is not griefing that is not ganking that is not anything that is two wolves going at it and i salute the fuck out of that and i think that honestly really frontier should do more for the combat oriented players to give them meaning to give them joy to give them game loops that and i know that there's some people that get triggered whenever pvpers talk about meaningful game loop because they're like fuck you you're okay i get it but like for realsies like as a non-griefer i don't kill anybody in this game but legit if frontier were to do more with what we're going to talk about next week with the 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 bounty hunting loop to actually say we're going to set these wolves after the other wolves or if they were to do stuff like what we talked about a couple of weeks back where there was some kind of uh just the way eve has uh what they call faction uh warfare where it is PvP slash PvEers who are engaged in a game loop of, which is basically like power play, but it gives them these incentives to fight each other. If Frontier did more to actually give those guys something to do other than butt-fucking Care Bears, you would end up with, as a side effect, less butt-fucked Care Bears, which I think we can all agree would probably be a good thing. Base. Uh, to events that i want to point out um bridging the gap and more recently the uh imperial um invasion of the fed space mm. those those two uh in-game events i actually so i actually got some really good pvp out of that that was like straight up consensual like it we the the conflict zones you know we we were on opposite sides we started shooting at each other that felt really good and i would love to see more of that nice um, yeah beautiful tweaked read the last point we got one more piece of feedback here from commander audaxius says i think it's clear that solo is a critical part of the game in order to create an accessible experience for players of all types especially casual players that want a single player experience that being said all the conversations I've had with other players over this week have all boiled down to this debate being a matter of player incentive instead of being, uh, instead of the matter being open versus solo. More intense consequences from ganking paired with more effective tools and, and incentive to hunt gankers would create a dynamic player-led sense of security that could actively encourage more participation in open and establish a new meta in the way players approach the game. Namely, it would be open is the best way to play because players can generate risk and mitigate that risk for other players effectively. 
as it stands, the game mechanics are far too in favor of the rampaging psycho and a Fertilance as opposed to anyone else who wants to establish secure zones for other players. In mm. essence, a high security system should feel just like that. And an anarchy system should really feel that way. I would go so far as to say that ganking an anarchy system should not bear any penalty at all. The notice that pops up when making the jump to an anarchy system should raise the hair on the back of your neck if Elite is going to live up to its full potential that it could. So, first off, let me just say, your, basically your feedback was very similar in along the lines of uh, Abex's and... I Abex up until you know Abex basically had the like the winning feedback that was going to win a prize, and then I got to yours and it was the same similar thing, but with more elaboration and more points. And basically, as I heard it, it was more fuck yeah. And uh, so yes, we're gonna use that as a main discussion topic next week. We're gonna talk about really a rework of the crime and punishment system and 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 a very cool in-depth way and uh you win the internet i told you in the the comments you win the internet this week so uh commander adaxius hit me up later on either tonight or tomorrow to might not be a good idea i think i'm gonna pass out but tomorrow uh i'm gonna get you a code to uh the miguel johnson album uh, uh something of the something uh it's called the Artemis it's a really awesome album I'm just drunk <laughs> uh, Station Artemis or something so I'm going to get you you won that prize you win so I'll get you the code and you go enjoy that fucking amazing album of really really good Miguel Johnson music alright it is time for State of the Game uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend so uh, I'm making a twist on state of the game and I'm going to don't give us your state of the game. Give us what you're thankful for. And I'm going to go first. Here's what I'm thankful for. 2020 is an absolute shit show of a year and it's just continued to get worse as we go along. 3306 started off pretty shitty, but holy crap has 3306 picked up frontier has made it such that I can honestly say of my life right now, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, because 2020 is just absolute nonsense wall to wall, and 3306 is just looking brighter and brighter every day. There is more cool shit that they're doing. They have changed the tone. They have every kind of stupid bullshit metaphor you want to make. They've turned the tanker. They've turned the tide. They've cross the horses midstream they've i they did whatever they've slayed the stay puss marshmallow man shit is good um and just when you think it's like okay they're doing what oh they're giving us space like oh they're giving us this oh, they're doing what they're all oh, they're oh they're gonna balance shit and make combat stronger they're doing ask me anything and they're answering quite like I, I don't know what to say. Every day they keep doing stuff. And you're kind of like, it's already like, hey, man, you get Angelina Jolie. And you're like, awesome. And then they're like, oh, by the way, would you like Lucy Liu as well? And you're just like, wait, what? Uh, I'm beyond fucking, I can't even take it anymore at this point. And yet every week I tune in. And then the next week they're like, oh, by the way, here's another piece of cake. 
enjoy it. So I just am thankful for not only this amazing community, but legitimately Frontier Developments, the community team, the devs, what they're putting out, the whole nine yards from beginning to end. The ride just keeps getting better. And and then they're like, oh, here, have also free alt accounts. Oh, have another this, have another that. Have, uh, what? Have some FSDs with double engineering. What the fuck? Like, okay, thanks, guys. So that's my, what I'm thankful for. Uh, Arson, state of the game, what you're thankful for. I, I, I'm thankful for seeing all of these new players slash accounts uh, everywhere in the noob space before I kicked myself out. Uh, it's it's so phenomenal. The population obviously is growing, uh, as was evident by the 250k uh, giveaway that's happening with Reddit that Stuart uh, GT announced uh, earlier today. Um, it, it, population is going up and i'm seeing more people in open i was already seeing an increase like i mentioned earlier but mm. it, and it's not all shooty shooter types i'm seeing every kind of person and oh it's great roy what are you thankful for uh, i got four things uh first up uh, i'm thankful for david braben for keeping the elite dream alive since uh 1984 um second i'm i'm thankful for the elite community specifically the discords of uh loose screws network and elite week for giving me awesome places to hang out during the crap show of 2020 um i'm thankful to the whole elite week crew and audience for making my fridays super fun and kai to you for being a driving force in the community and inviting me onto the crew my god i'm thankful for you guys i was an asshole i forgot to say that thank you uh, I tweaked. What are you thankful for? Well, what I'm most thankful for is being able to speak. First of all, <laughs> the, the the friends that I've made in this game. I've been playing this game for two and a half, three years, and I've made some lasting friendships that translate to the real world as well. We, we're not just friends in game. We actually communicate outside of the game and and make sure we're all okay and all that kind of stuff. I mean, some real lifelong friends that I've made. Thankful for. The listeners of Elite Week, the, the the podcast listeners, the YouTube watchers, the Twitch watchers, this game, this community couldn't be any better. And yes, Kai, couldn't thank you enough for bringing me on a, a podcast such as this and the, the awesome party we have every weekend. Just what a what a great time we have. Thank you, man. I forgot one last thing. I want to throw it in there before we throw it to the guest. I'm thankful for also. My man over at the Fatherhood News, he did a hilarious, he roasted the <laughs> shit out of me earlier in the week with this funny thing where, like, I was some weird, uh, like, attention hog uh, guy with a sequent, like, outfit and a big low-temperature diamond crown or whatever. It was, it was fucking hilarious. I loved it. For sure, keep taking the shit piss out of me. It's 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 great. Uh, Commander Bays, what are you thankful for? Uh, same. Yeah, same. I don't, I, everybody well said stay. everything. Well <laughs> <laughs> I was Beautiful. I was leading up while, while we were building up to me. I was like, I'm thankful for this, and then uh, oh, Roy said it. Uh, oh, I'm thankful. For, uh, okay, Tweak said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, we're thankful for you, man. You were awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody, yeah. check out Commander Bays. Check out his... All of his stuff is going to be in the show notes. Go check out his streams. He does late night stuff, and it's fucking awesome. Go get in on it, and 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 yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say good night with uh, Bill and Ted's. Be excellent to each other. Arson, say good night to the beautiful people. Good night, everybody. I'm sorry, I forgot we were doing a Thanksgiving thing. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, say good night to the beautiful people. Fly casual, but stay dangerous. All right, tweaked. Say goodnight. Thanks for spending a few hours with us, everybody. Now go watch The Mandalorian, because that shit was amazing. <laughs> and and also check out fucking uh, my my girl, uh, Boss Lady B. Boss Lady. And, yeah. and Commander Commander Bay, say goodnight to the beautiful people. Have a good one, guys. Uh, this has been really fun. So thanks, yeah. for, thanks for having me. All right, everybody take a shot. Arson, play us out. I'm